Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Court of Opinion jury member, go through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week, we are tackling Volume 7, entitled Citizen's Arrest. And we have left the Benjamin Percy era of Green Arrow. Um, we talked about it last week. It was a big finale for Percy's time on the book. But we absolutely loved it. And I was very curious to see how the book would do without him. And suffice it to say, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, this brings in a brand new creative team of the Bensons, Julian Shauna Benson, and I was very excited to see that, with art by Javier Fernandez, who, some of you may be unaware, did the... I want to say the first three arcs of Rebirth Nightwing. Uh, at least the first one. And uh, no, because the second one is Marcus Toe. You're right. And the th third one is maybe both of them. I don't know. You're right. You're right. But there's some Marcus Toe really early in there. Really, and it's good stuff, but I love me some Javier Fernandez art, and pairing him with Green Arrow is a fantastic, fantastic marriage. Uh, but there's also some art from Herman Peralta and a big favorite of ours, Whoa. Carmen Carnero. My God. But as you heard, of course, I am not alone in this endeavor. I am joined by the only person who I would trust to plant a tracker in the button of my dress shirt after I get kidnapped by the citizen. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. And yeah, so we're talking volume seven. Uh, this is, let me pull up the issue cap because the issues get a little wonky, literally in just this volume, yeah. which is unfortunate. Let me pull this up. So this is issues annual number two and 43 through 47. Yeah, it's goofy. It is weird. It is a weird thing. And I don't know why they did it this way. But yeah, uh, I was really curious to see how they were going to rebound. Because Percy's whole run is like a... It, it's a full beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And in most comics, and especially with how Rebirth was kind of going at this point, again, like, if you have a creative team go past, you know, 10, 15 issues in Rebirth, usually they finish it out, and the Rebirth mm -hmm. series is done when they're done. Yeah. We saw this with uh, Tomasi Gleason. <clears throat> we saw this with King. Um, I just, I was surprised. I'm happy about it, certainly, because we got another, like, what, 10, 12 issues out of it? A group of, yeah. Two volumes worth, in fact. Yeah. But, yeah, I was curious what was going to happen here. And we also, we, we, we also have some, uh, some distressing timeline stuff happening during this volume. So we're well, going to. Yeah. 
We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to all of that. Don't you worry. This is this is the tie-in volume. This is the tie-in volume. <laughs> I knew we were gonna get here eventually. Uh huh. But uh, we will that we will happen. address that, of course, when we get to it. But uh, before we get into this week, uh, Malcolm, you reading anything? Yeah, I've been reading a thing or two. Um, I've uh for reasons have wanted to be reading some suicide squad stuff this week so i've uh been reading it's uh actually and uh you know uh uh, rest in peace keith giffen uh the keith giffen paco medina run oh 2001 which i've never actually read before uh and this is exactly what i want suicide squad to be it's fucking just like it's like gi joe Okay, it's straight up just fucking GI Joe, and then every you know few issues or so they have like different supervillains kind of drafted in. But there's like a core four team. Uh, Sergeant Rock is the is in charge. He's no longer Sergeant Rock. He's General Rock now. Okay, um, he's got one of his guys, uh, Bulldozer, who uh, after this all takes place after a <laughs> World at War. Uh, oh an, boy, an event that I actually like. <laughs> But it all takes place after that, uh, which Bulldozer got, like, crippled in World at War, so he's in a wheelchair, and then there's uh, the tech guy and the cool lady who kind of does everything. Um, and then there's and then there's just going to be, like, random squatters all the time. Uh, like, Killer Frost was just an issue. Starts off with major disaster. All the villains wind up getting killed off or come back later. Uh, it's great. It's it's super fun. It's it's like I said, it's straight up just GI Joe, and that's all I want Suicide Squad to be. It feels a lot like the original concept for Suicide Squad, which was basically just GI Joe. Okay, but is Captain Boomerang in the book? No. Okay, so it's automatically a bad run of Suicide Squad. So no, don't go read that. That's not true. Don't You're go look, lying. read that, listeners. You're lying. <laughs> You're lying. That's a lie. Uh, so I've been reading that. I also have been catching up on Fantastic Four. Nice. Uh, the current run by Ryan North um, because I was a few issues behind. And let me tell you something. Confident. There's two issues in there involving dinosaurs that are super fucking awesome. The Fantastic Four go to an alternate universe where everyone is a dinosaur. Everyone. It's the exact same universe. It's just that people are dinosaurs. That's, so that's it, hilarious. So it's, so it's just... Daniel Warren Johnson's uh, Jurassic League. No, it's it because that wasn't the same universe, you know. Like that didn't feel like everything was the same. I guess stuff was different there. Was it? Yeah, but it is very similar to Jurassic League. Yes, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great. It was just two issues, and it was wonderful. Nice, um, very cool. Doctor Doom teams up with Doctor Doom from the dinosaur universe. Because they're both like we're both the smartest guys that we know. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I've been reading. What about you? Well, let me tell you, I would have been reading a lot, except they fucking nuked the Comixology app. Whoa. Okay. Let's fucking talk about this, gang. Because (sighs) yeah, listen. The Comixology app is a fit, has been on life support for a very long time now. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazon bought the service and then gutted it. And mm-hmm. we all kind of knew that Comixology was on borrowed time. Well, this past Monday, as of this recording, 
they officially stopped the service and moved everything over to their Kindle app. Yep. And that Kindle app, for books, I assume, is fine. For comics, it's garbage. I had it's to fine, I had to honest. jump a different app. I had to go sign up for DC Universe Infinite to finish reading this volume because I couldn't read the volume through the Kindle app because it kept freezing and crashing on me. I couldn't get through one issue on that freaking Kindle app, man. Really? Yes. Oh, and the, you know what? Maybe I haven't. It, maybe it's because I haven't been doing like issues, but I've been doing graphic novels, and it's been working fine on my on my tablet. See, but uh, I, I I started I using do the graphic like a week before. Yeah, it, it's been working completely fine on mine. It works yeah. exactly like the Comicsology app did. Um, and that's not me shilling because I listen. I hate shill this. you corporate shill. I hate this. You're bought by Be- Bezos. No, I I hate this. It sucks. It's stupid. It's bad. It was a bad decision. It was bad for them to buy it just to tank it. It was silly and stupid, and I'm pissed about it. But at least this thing works exactly the same shitty way that the Comicsology app has been working for like a year and a half. See, and I don't think it, at least for me in my experience, I haven't been like, I couldn't get through, like, because I do the same thing with getting the volumes and the reading them through, but I couldn't even get through this first, you know, first five pages of the annual. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. It kept freezing, kept crashing. And I'm like, I have to, I, I have a podcast that I have to record for, and I have to read this. So yeah, I ended up jumping over to uh, to DC Universe Infinite and doing the free trial. And I mean, it's it's probably for the best. It's a good good app, from what I hear. <laughs> I got to read a fucking comic book on that's it. That's such week, a bummer, so dude. That's crazy. Yeah, it's. I like I said, I started using the the Kindle app for comics like two weeks ago, because because when they first announced like this was going to be happening in two weeks, I was like, all right, yeah. let me get used to this interface, and it's it's been completely fine. Uh, I've been reading everything on there. I read last week's stuff on there too, actually. Interesting. So that's huh. really interesting. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like. Anyway, it. Bezos suck my asshole. <laughs> Derogatory derogatory um but yeah so i've been also in kind of a suicide squad mood for reasons and i've been revisiting the movie i was looking through actually like picking up a couple you know slipping through a couple issues of the new 52 run or no not the new 52 the rebirth run Mm. um pre tom (laughs) taylor which is still maybe the best suicide squad run it is Um, the best the rebirth run is interesting it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's it's got a lot to say. Um, hey, if you're gonna read a new fifty two one, uh volume four of the new fifty two run, uh was written post, by Alesh Cott. Is that post JL versus Suicide Squad? No. No, 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 because that's cause that's rebirth. JL oh, that is rebirth, you're right. Rebirth. Um no, this is this is like full on just new fifty two, but volume four was written by a lush cut and is good okay well there um, you go feels like a new start and then he's literally just on for that volume and he's like ah well all right oh <laughs> 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 ah, okay much like <laughs> not built to last apparently yeah <laughs> but it, but it's a good volume <laughs> if you want to read a, a one-off volume that's pretty fun <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't get it i don't, I don't know 
But either way, let's talk some Green Arrow. Let's talk Green Arrow. Now, again, we have a new creative team on this. Are you a fan of the Bensons? Do you like their stuff? Uh, yeah, I like the Bensons. Uh, I especially like them as people. I've heard them in interviews and stuff. Um, they're big word balloon, I guess, regulars, yep. you know, because uh, good old Johnny Suntress is friends with them. Shout um, out to word yeah. balloon. We know Johnny Suntress listens to this podcast, so that'd be so fucking awesome if he did. Would that be wild? Oh man, that would that would change my life. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually change my life. Um, John Suntress, if you ever hear this, you're the first person who made me want to do podcasting. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I like, I like them. I like, I like them and I like their stuff. Yeah. Well, let's dive into their stuff. We're kicking things off with Green Arrow Annual Number 2, which brings in artist Carmen Carnero. It's interesting seeing this Carmen Carnero and seeing where she goes. Yeah. Because this is like an entirely different Carmen Carnero than we get even like a year and a half, two years later. Because this is like 2018, 2019. Yeah. This, this is, is not that long ago. Yeah, this is this is like 20. Yeah, this has to be like 2018, 2019. You're right. So this is like right before she does Captain Marvel. Yeah. And she's a totally different Carmen Carnero at that point. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of fucking wild. It's kind of fucking wild. And so we kick things off with a box. <sighs> okay. And speaking of fucking Captain Marvel, this box was apparently made for Carol Danvers because look yeah, at the insignia right on top of this thing. Yeah, it was. Got that Hall of Star right there, baby. Um, And we see a box. It's an ominous box. And we see that it is in the hands of Oliver Queen. We shift from now to then in Seattle, Washington, where Green Arrow is getting his ass kicked by Brick. Brick, who's got a really strong handlebar mustache. This like, is like this mid is to late 90s Hulk Hogan he, staff. He looks like gigantic Hulk Hulk Hogan. He looks like... <laughs> like Hulk Hogan he's, was he's, the Red Hulk. He's... he's <laughs> He's he's looking like he's looking like WrestleMania five, maybe WrestleMania six Hogan, who's still on, you know, his vitamins. Yeah. And before he see... starts talking about trying to date his daughter. Oh God. And so we see <laughs> uh Brick essentially kicking Green Arrow's ass until they both look up in the sky and what the fuck is that? It's Brainiac. Brainiac with that sick ass brainiac is that it is it is so cool whenever you see a brainiac ship that has the tendrils and it's just the giant skull head it's it's a gorgeous thing and i love seeing different artists interpretations of it it's super cool it's the coolest thing and the sense of scale of it being a gigantic thing moving over living over a city it's pretty dope it's so cool so we see stop laughing so we see um Green Arrow and Brick immediately just like, well, fuck that. Yeah, and Brick I like that tries... Brick is like, wait, this is why I'm acting up. Like, I'm acting because of this shit. Are you serious? You didn't see this? Like... <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. And so Guy, let's get out of here. Arrow hits him with the uh, with the putty arrow that has a little bit of a uh, little explosive device attached to it. It kabooms, or I guess it chooms as it chum. as. Uh, GA hides behind a slot machine 
and it does nothing to brick of course but as he goes to attack green arrow he gets caught up in the tendrils and lifted into the sky yep and the the ship very war of the worlds yeah that's what i love about that design for brainiac that it feels very war of the worlds this feels a lot like steven spielberg's war of the worlds 100 percent the superior war of the worlds movie i don't care what anyone fucking says okay well (laughs) we see the ship doesn't want brick it wants green arrow and so the tendrils drop brick and they go after ga meanwhile he's trying to call his uh his people emiko roy and pretty bird okay i love that he has her as pretty bird in his phone well can we talk about listen i love carmen carnero yeah but i do have a real problem with the panels that are used here to show who ollie's trying to call yeah clearly from a smartphone what is in his hand that is like a 2007 flip phone maybe it just has a really good camera malcolm that is a 2007 flip phone maybe it just has a really good screen on that thing (laughs) maybe it just has a really nice camera (laughs) well he just kept the phone that he got like before he went to the island (laughs) if i if i had that picture of black of black canary on my phone i'd keep that phone forever I listen. I get it. God, <laughs> Carmen Carnero is one of the best blonde artists I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she draws blondes like nobody else. It's crazy. <laughs> and she she gave us the uh, the evergreen Steve Rogers panel that we will keep forever. Yep. Yes, she did. The um, greatest. So, so Green Arrow takes one of the. Um, what is that? Craps? What is that? The uh, that's a roulette table. Roulette takes a roulette table and fucking yeah. surfboards it down the street. Yeah, incredible. Speaking of Captain America, yeah, and he fucking <laughs> like shoots it off to knock one of the tendrils away from a person, um, and then Brainiac zaps all of the Q phones, shutting basically shutting down all communications in Seattle uh ga is just trying to make it happen he is struggling uh but he's able to save everyone in the immediate vicinity and that's when he gets a chirp chirp and we see that dinah had snuck a little communicator onto his quiver in case their communications ever went down how did he not see that thing on queen shit how did he how did he not see that big ass thing on there we know that Ollie is never looking backwards. He's all he only looks forwards. Mm, he learned that from his good friend Barry. <laughs> subtle, subtle. Uh, we cut to the clock tower in Gotham City where Oracle, I mean, uh, Batgirl, I mean, uh, Barbara Gordon, yep, is tracking Brainiac's attack on the world and. This is during No Justice, right? So here's the thing. I I read one. I, I read No Justice for this episode. I'm not okay. happy about it. <laughs> That's right, because you fucking hated No Justice. I forgot. I, I really like the premise of No Justice. I really like the idea, and then it just kind of just falls to shit. <laughs> um, uh, so No Justice is this whole issue takes place during No Justice which was a four-issue weekly Justice League miniseries uh, that takes place after Dark Knight's Metal and before Scott Snyder's Justice League run. 
and kind of sets the table for Scott Snyder's Justice League run. Uh, I guess mild spoiler for what's going on here. Brainiac is kidnapping the superhumans on the planet because Brainiac says, whoa, there's some bad shit going on. In Dark Knight's Metal, the Justice League broke the source wall, which is the barrier between our universe and our reality and other universe and realities. Uh, so they broke the wall. There's a nice little hole in the wall. Uh, there's, a hole in the wall. there's a little hole in the wall. And through that hole comes out four gods of like of 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 uh I, I don't even know what to fucking call them. Four gods. One is like wisdom, one is entropy, one is I don't know, bullshit, and one is the other one. Uh and they start attacking Kolu. Uh and so Brainiac oh. is kidnapping superhumans to be like, listen, y'all need to figure this shit out. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with what all of y'all do. You guys have your teams and you have your friends and stuff and you build your teams based off of who you like. That's ineffective. What you should do is build your teams off of who is effective. He's mid-maxing. He's he's what? It, it it's a D&D term. It's like he's he's going for efficiency rather than what tells a good story. Yes. Yes. And so he says, "Okay, I'm going to put together these four teams based off of these four energies of these gods." And y'all have to lock that shit down, right? So all the superhumans are gone. That not just superheroes, a bunch of supervillains too yep. are gone. That's what Brainiac is doing here, and that leads to the rest of the story. And so, of course, because Ollie is Ollie, he has no idea what the fuck is happening. All the other heroes got no. taken, and so he's essentially the only hero left on Earth. Uh huh. It's just him. And so he's just running around Seattle, just like, oh, my God, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm fighting a giant head. And he manages it. He takes out this thing. And then he uh, gets ready to suit up. Uh, Batgirl's getting ready as well. But GA's like, don't worry. I got this. And we see him at uh, this hangar. This private hangar, yeah. and he takes out the hell fucking yeah. aeroplane. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I fucking love the aeroplane. Sick as shit. I also have a theory about the aeroplane. What's your theory? I have a theory as to why it's yellow. Is it a how thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of just a piss off how. I am one hundred percent into it. that idea. One hundred percent into that idea. Listen, if my best buddy is a pilot but also has an immunity to yellow, I'm for <laughs> sure, for sure, gonna have my plane be yellow just to piss him <laughs> off. Because that way, if we're ever racing, I'll be like, "It's it's it's your weakness." <laughs> ah! <laughs> Absolutely. We see that uh, they are heading out. They the the last signal that they got from Canary was in Happy Harbor. Ooh, so we love Happy Harbor. We love Happy Harbor. Young Justice stands rise up. Hell yeah! We see Ollie take the aeroplane to Happy Harbor and finds who else? The Justice League of America. <sighs> Remember this era, gang? 
God. Oh. Where it was the Suicide Squad, but not. Yeah. And so this JLA, who was set up in the uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad book, or in the aftermath of it, rather, uh, was set up by Batman to basically make a Justice League B squad. And they used characters like Killer Frost, Vixen, The Ray. The Ray. Everyone's favorite, The Ray. Uh, Lobo was on the team. Lobo was on the team. Um, Was Captain Cold on this team? No, no, no. No, because Captain Cold was, was on the regular Justice League. Yes, uh, yes, post right. Forever Evil. Captain Thank Cold you. was one of the best Justice Leaguers because he Weird was just there to be Lex Luthor's the best Justice uh, security. Uh, excuse me, what'd you say? I just think it's weird how villains make some of the best Justice Leaguers. Hmm, they should do something with that. Anyway, interesting. Uh, so we see Ollie immediately get beset upon by this fucking. Brainiac T-Rex, and this design goes so hard. That is so fucking sick. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> by fucking Brainiac, uh, Brainiac T-Rex, Sector, Sub-Zero from the <laughs> fifth game, and then and uh, War Machine. War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> And so we see that this uh, Brainiac squad was sent in and specifically designed to take out the members of this Justice League, which included Black Canary at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically Ollie versus this whole team, and he fucking smokes them. He demolishes them one arrow each. No questions. No effort. Smokes all of them. Smokes them. Fucking efficient. So he goes to uh, find Canary, ends up finding Dinah. All of the members of the JLA are, like, frozen with little Brainiac dots on their foreheads to immobilize them. Yeah, in No Justice is established that if he didn't, if Brainiac didn't actually take the hero or villain, he kind of, like, put them in, like, stasis. Yeah, Uh, basically to to set them in, uh, set them face down in defense mode for if he needs to activate them for later. That's exactly it. And so... It's a powerful trap card that does that. It is a powerful... Black Canary is my trap card. Oh, yeah! And And so... um, We we see that... uh, We saw earlier that Brainiac hacked all of the Queen Industry uh, satellites, which is why all the Q-phones went on the fritz. And... Ollie and Barbara were trying to figure out why Brainiac would need to do that. And then they realize it's because someone else has commandeered those satellites and Brainiac did not want them tracking him. It's Amanda Waller. Fucking of course it is. And so... This begins a long journey of Green Arrow being tied to Amanda Waller. And I don't know if it's because of the show or what, but I fucking hate it. Do you really? <laughs> uh, why? Like, what? what is... I think that she is a much better foil for Batman than she is for Green Arrow. I think she's a great foil for every hero, to be honest with you. But I, as, as... Well, you and DC Comics fucking agree on that, I guess. <laughs> Read anything but, right now. <laughs> but I also... I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased because I've been pitching Green Arrow on the Suicide Squad for forever yeah and i'm into that i'm into so, your idea on that but I like otherwise i 
I, I don't know. There's been a lot of that over the last like 10 years, I feel like. It's true. And it's, kind and of it's definitely because of the show. I guess it's because of the show. Because what? That's like season three that like they're. I think she gets around or whatever. Yeah. And then she's in like she's in like the flashbacks and I think Yeah, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh 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 there's another note on Waller I was gonna say, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, Waller has the coolest bit in No Justice where like she has her task force eleven, which is yeah. all of the psychics on the planet, like fucking trying to hack into Brainiac's brain. And at the end of the first issue of No Justice, Brainiac is laying out the plan to all these heroes and villains. He says, okay, this is what we're going to do. I put you guys in these teams. This is what we're going to do. And then he just starts, like, seizing. And everyone's like, what? What's happening? And you realize that Waller's trying to hack into his brain right at that time, and his head explodes. And then the heroes are just like, what? He didn't tell us what to do. <laughs> We're all on these teams, is, but we don't know what to do. Which is kind of awesome. <laughs> that's that's an amazing premise. <laughs> <laughs> so I do love Waller for that. That's kind of bad bitch energy. <laughs> it is for sure. And it kind of sounds like you like No Justice. I don't know what to say. No, we it's see... just that it falls to shit after the first issue. <laughs> it's bad. But we see uh, Green Arrow take all the members of the JLA and just lay them out on the couch for safety (laughs) and then takes his aeroplane into the Arctic circle where it immediately freezes because it's an old plane plane crashes. Uh, any, any landing you walk away from, uh, green arrow makes his way through the Arctic taking pieces of his aeroplane to make essentially like skis. That's pretty fun. It is pretty cool. And the double page spread. I mean, News to everybody, apparently. Carmen Carnero does a hell of a double-page spread. Oh, my But God. him just zooming down the mountain. Yeah. Looks dope with as fuck. The, with the fucking avalanche right behind him. Yeah. Sick. Sick. And so he makes his way to the Fortress of Solitude, which we find out is trying to be commandeered by Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. And Green Arrow catches up to her. Arrow already knocked and is like, where the hell is the Justice League? This scene is exactly in No Justice. Yeah. Dialogue and everything. It's full on just in No Justice. And so the two of them uh, agree to work together for now. And then we just cut to days later. Yep. In between these two pages, No Justice happens. No Justice has happened. It's done. And so we see at the Hall of Justice, uh, Green Arrow is talking to Martian Manhunter, who hands him the box and he just straight there's no ambiguity martian manhunter hands up the box and says it is the key to destroying the justice league should the need arise this is the most powerful weapon in the universe yep and is being handed to green arrow yep fucking incredible yep and there's a great little exchange here where Green Arrow says, you recognize that this thing is going to make me a target since this is the thing that could take down the Justice League. And Martian Manhunter goes, so long as you and I are the only ones who know the box exists, you can't be a target. Be the Arrow, Oliver. I fucking love that line. That's cool. That's cool and goes pretty hard. Does not feel like modern Martian Manhunter. No, not at all. Unfortunately. (laughs) 
remember when right around here is when they decided, oh, Martian Manhunter should be like classic Martian Manhunter. People should like that guy. Weird. <laughs> Weird. What a fucking concept. As opposed to the asshole he's been in the last like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Coming back via White Lantern ring changes a person. I guess so. And he also drops little sometimes with zero powers comes great responsibility, which I also loved. That's pretty great. It's funny as fuck. And so Oliver decides to deface public property and etches his initials into the side of the Hall of Justice building. What a jackass. And then goes to uh, meet with uh, meet with Dinah to just fucking hang out. Mm-hmm. And then we see him put the most powerful weapon in the universe in the place that the no boot. one will find it. In the trunk of his car. What an asshole. What a dickhead. <laughs> That is mad dick. Boston energy. That is so Boston. That is mad Boston energy. <laughs> no one can take my car, so it's, you know it's gonna be safe here. <laughs> the trunk of my car is the safest place in the world. Safest place? You kidding me? The car goes everywhere with me. I got, I got everything back there. My birth certificate, hockey sticks, a baseball bat, a case of Samuel Adams, a mask so that no one can see my face if i decide to use the hockey stick or the baseball bat <laughs> exactly and this box <laughs> all the essentials all the essentials uh so ollie and dinah have basically gone on a road trip in the aftermath of no justice and they are just having a great time mm-hmm. but oliver realizes this whole box thing is going to end up being a problem later so then we head into the citizen story proper. Yep. This is where we get the change up with uh, Javier Fernandez on art. And I, to the fucking love these covers. Alex Malev covers. Alex Malev. Because, gang, this is the time when Malev's uh, big collaborator has entered the chat when it comes to DC Comics. What are you talking about? You know Say what I'm it. talking about. Finish it. Bad ass. <laughs> uh, Bendis is my ninth circle. And I so we get to. <laughs> I miss him doing superhero comics. So we get much. to chapter 43, where we see uh, this guy, this fucking guy. This um, fucking guy. What is his name? What Jubal is Slade. Fucking... Jubal Slade. What a fucking asshole name. Okay. Uh, so the Bensons are clearly Firefly fans, right? Because like nobody yes. names someone what Jubal. One hundred percent, they are Firefly fans. But we see that this fat cat billionaire Jubal Slade has bought this, this building. Fuck. And is about to demolish it, even with people who are not leaving inside. And we get to see, in all their glory, Green Arrow and Arsenal, drawn by Javier Fernandez. I fucking love this. Whoa! Back together, the team wearing their costumes, and Roy wearing a trucker hat. I fucking love it! I love it! 
What a shit mandate. Man. And so the two of them uh, elect to get into the building and save however many people they can. And they make a daring, very lethal weapon-esque exit out of the building as, as it explodes. <laughs> Aim for the bushes? for the bushes there goes my hero watch him as he goes splat on the ground incredible no bushes in sight just what a fucking wonderful movie that is is that maybe just the best moment in cinematic history like of the modern era it might be dwayne johnson's best moment in cinematic history it, it fucking is it, folks, if you haven't watched the other guys, go watch the other guys. It it, it it's a it's a movie that just gets better every time you watch it. It changed the hierarchy of the DC universe. Honestly, it did. It shifted it. It did. Uh so we see we <laughs> I love this panel. Uh we see like a little recap of uh of John Jones giving Green Arrow the box, and it's just like the most important this is the Ark of the Covenant. This is the most important item in the entire universe. This cave is even billowing from the sheer magnitude of the importance of this thing. Oliver says, Don't worry about a Martian Manhunter. I'm gonna give this to top men. He's like, What do you mean? He's like, Top men, and throws it in the trunk of his car. <laughs> A chunk of this car is the warehouse. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> he says, I got everything in the back of that car. The Ark of the Covenant, fucking Spear of Destiny. I got it all. <laughs> I even got a little dial of destiny I threw back there. I got a little dial of destiny. Archimedes and Cathera. So, I can't remember how it's pronounced. It's a crystal skull. I got it back there. It's yeah. In, it's yeah. sitting in there. Yeah. Looks fucking weird. It's fucking weird. <laughs> but so uh Green Arrow and Arsenal save these people. They're still protesting the destruction of this building. But they head off because Oliver has 71 missed calls. What the hell, dude? And we see that those calls are from one Kate Spencer. Mm-hmm. Who has now Kate been Spencer brought? Is real Jessica Jones coded in this run. Very much. Very <laughs> I'd, much. I'd like to point that out. She's real Jessica Jones coded, uh, except just straight up lawyer as well. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones, Jennifer Walters, smashed together. Mm -hmm. uh, Kate Spencer, true to Oliver's word, has been brought on as official legal counsel for Queen Industries, giving her, I'm sure, a salary of seven figures and nice she's just living the life and the life is being constantly stressed by oliver queen and everything that he does because yeah. she does not know he is green arrow still yeah it's kind of crazy that literally no one knows because he has the facial hair he has the fucking facial hair <laughs> he's the only one in the entire country probably that has that facial he's hair. rocking that facial hair yeah and so kate's getting on him about his responsibilities and Oliver's being Oliver Queen, shirking those responsibilities. And we see that rather than living in a high rise, he's decided to uh, live with the normal citizens of Gotham in a brownstone. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. This seems really familiar. Hmm. He lives in a brownstone in the, in the middle of the city? That's interesting. Huh. Huh. Odd. It's like somebody anyway. did this recently. 
Anyway, he lives in the glades. Yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> he's gonna build. A, he's gonna build a club on top of his <laughs> hideout in the glades. It's the perfect cover, you know. It's the perfect cover. <laughs> the the club's gonna be called Verdant. <laughs> so he heads down into this little house that he's bought into this uh, arrow cave. There's a salmon ladder in the corner. Oh it's got yeah, the he works. loves a salmon ladder. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but we see that he is not alone in this place. Uh, Black Canary's there, looking hot. I mean, th- this volume is her head wrap era, and I love it. Yes. Oh, boy. Because a- at Lord. the end of the annual, she puts the, like, the full scarf. Like, scarf thing around her head, and she's like, oh, yes. And then here she's wearing a bandana over her head, and I'm like, oh, yes. She's, she's looking very old Hollywood, and I love that for her. Yeah. I mean, she kind of is an old Hollywood dame that way, you know? I, I kind of miss the more punk aspects of her from earlier in the run. But there's room for both, I think. I Yeah. Get you a Black Canary that can do both. And so there's like a... There, this, is, this is the one thing that I don't love about this volume in comparison with the previous volumes. It is not even a third as horny as... The previous volumes no There's a moment here where she's like she's been working hard they've been essentially demolishing the bottom part of this place to like do renovations for it and oliver's like hope you worked up an appetite and she's like did i ever and he's like good because we're going to lunch with roy and i'm like no what the fuck what <laughs> what the fuck the hell she was talking about gobbling something else bro <laughs> are you for real are you for real He's over here talking about eucalyptus. She's talking about eucalyptus dick. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy how not horny this volume is. Ben Percy got the horniness. He He he, he got the horniness. He did. This ain't horny. They're domesticated here. They head to Murph's sports bar where they find Roy Harper. Chili taste test a palooza. Chili taste it. What? There are very few words in the english language <laughs> that sound more tailor-made for the boston dialect than chili taste test a palooza any calling anything a, a palooza <laughs> right there palooza is the most boston sounding thing i've ever heard <laughs> that's probably not even where it originated but it is no. absolutely what sounds the most boston out it of just, anything it just sounds so new england <laughs> a palooza and so Roy is there. They're having lunch. Uh, and I love to. He's like, hey, we're trying the chili. And he's, and fucking immediately, Oliver's like, that's not chili. <laughs> fucking hot tomato water. He's like, you, you haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you must have liked it. You already, your bowl's already half empty. He's like, I already ate two bowls waiting for you guys. There's like, oh my God, that's going to be rough in the old tum tum. <laughs> incredible and so we see that uh oliver is kind of he's struggling because he wants to tell somebody about the box and he is starting to get into the idea of like i think i'm gonna tell roy about the box and so he's like look i don't want there to be secrets and roy immediately just goes 
look, I'm sorry I didn't tell you about Sanctuary. And immediately, for me, it's the Kill Bill zoom in. And he's like, look, I just, I've been going through a lot lately and I thought maybe I should get help. And Oliver's like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? But before they can get into the conversation further, we have the debut of new vigilante, the citizen. Anarchy. I mean, the citizen. Yeah. It, this really should have just been anarchy. Yes. I love, I listen, listen, listener. I love when people bring in new villains. I love that. But... Keep bringing in new characters. You never know what's going to stick. This is just anarchy. It's just anarchy. Specifically, I swear to God, this is just Arkham anarchy. Yes! I I swear to God, it's somewhere in... The, oh, yeah, okay. A few pages earlier, uh, it's, the, it's the page where they're walking away from the building rubble scene. There is yeah. someone uh, on that top panel who has an A on their backpack. Oh, that's that so looks true. looks like an anarchy A. You're what right. The fuck? It's like they were seeding that this was going to be anarchy, and then halfway through the story, it's like, let's call him something different. <laughs> like, what? Literally halfway through the issue, they're just what? like, no, we got to shift gears here. It's just anarchy. That's fascinating. I didn't even catch that on the backpack. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that they have an anarchy logo in yeah. this issue. I think it's also funny. New character citizen. <laughs> I think it's also funny too because Canary like interrupts the conversation that maybe would have saved some lives if, mm -hmm. uh, if only it had been finished. But Canary mm -hmm. says like everyone at the bar is watching this viral live feed, and Oliver's like, if it made him stop watching the game, it must be good. Said, <laughs> <laughs> so, whoa, whoa, whoa! You telling me no one's watching the Bears game right now? That's crazy. What? No, no one's watching the Celtics beat the pants off the fucking what Oklahoma the City Thunder. What? What the fuck? What's happening here? <laughs> and so we are introduced to new villain, the Citizen, played by Paul Dano. Played. <laughs> <laughs> if you are justice, please do not lie. <laughs> What is the price of your blind arm? Uh, you're fucking absolutely right. This is just. I mean, it's literally Riddler. how they did Riddler. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think yeah. this was intentional? Do you, Do you think Do you think they actually like knew that this character existed when they when they made that movie? When they made that movie and made Anarchy the Riddler? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Maybe that's but they used the, the like Riddler so because he's a popular character and Anarchy isn't? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons I like this so much. Uh, so we see that the Citizen is essentially live streaming judgment on the Fat Cats, which initially you would think Oliver Queen would be super like all about. Because mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, fuck fat cats. I hate those guys. Mm -hmm. And on paper, these two should be aligned. Mm -hmm. However, there's just one little complication. <laughs> the citizen wants to fucking string up these fat cats and kill them rather than bring them to justice. Because the citizen's version of justice is 
execution. So he is rallying the citizens to take things into their own hands, which is never a good thing. Um, and so the Arrow family decide we got to go deal with this. And Roy's like, hey, like, I, I want to join you in this, but I got some stuff I got to deal with tonight. And Ollie says, okay, but I want to tell you whatever you're going through. And they hug. And Roy says, I'll be fine. I can take care of myself. Ollie says, I know you can, partner. The two get on their motorcycles with uh, Canary hopping on with Ollie. And they mark this occasion because mm -hmm. Canary says, I don't, I've never seen you two hug before. And Ollie just like, it's true because this doesn't normally happen. And there's yeah. this ominous feeling about yeah. this. I mean, they've been on the outs morning. for so long at yes. this point. They've just kind of gotten back into the groove of being around each other in any case. <laughs> Any capacity. Any Oliver's like, everything's fine. He's just th going through a rough patch. He says, I'll call you tomorrow, Roy. He says, sounds good. Bye, Dinah. Bye, Ollie. And they drive off. And I swear I can hear piano notes. <laughs> but that's for later. Uh, we see... Oh, we see later on yeah yet not yet uh we see later on uh oliver has decided i'm going to tell roy and he writes him a letter to tell him all about the box he says, uh, historically oliver queen loves writing a letter and telling fucking somebody loves something that they should have fucking told him in person that is loves, that that is a this mission, this mission thrilled me. <laughs> this is a go-to Oliver Queen move. This is an Oliver Queen original. <laughs> he loves writing a letter. <laughs> Why tell someone something when you can just put it in a written format? Well, you can put it in a written format, and they'll find out when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so Oliver heads upstairs after writing this letter, and Canary is horrified by the live stream because they've straight up the citizen has captured Jubal Slade and has set him up in a guillotine. This yep. escalated very quickly for, for the public to vote. Hey, do you want him to die or you want him to live? You like decide you five minutes <laughs> and they're like, fuck, 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 fuck. And so they smash that like button. <laughs> And comment and subscribe. Make sure you ring the bell notification so that you don't miss any of my live streams. It hurts me that I know the oh, fucking scripts. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so they are in hot pursuit, taking the motorcycle to the warehouse that they've tracked it to. Um, and Dinah is shocked to see that people are actually voting to kill him to kill the billionaire. And so they make their way into the room, but they're too late. He straight up guillotined this man. He lost his head. And so the two of them get in there. Jubal is dead. Uh, Green Arrow hits the camera with, a, with an arrow. And this is just the beginning because... The citizen says, tomorrow I will expose three more of Seattle's most corrupt and conniving denizens and make them face the music. 
And first on the list is the most famous, faux, philanthropic, and photogenic one percenter of them all, Oliver Queen. This page of the Oliver Queen reveal is so good with all the so different like headlines, yeah. all the different newspaper headlines about Oliver Queen, the absentee CEO, Oliver Queen mingles but isn't single, mingles, but isn't Oliver single Queen is my in trouble one. again. <laughs> like... <laughs> mingles but isn't single is an incredible headline, and whoever mingles, wrote that but isn't single deserves a fucking raise. <laughs> Uh, chapter 44, we are back in the arrow car. Whoa! That being uh, Oliver Queen's green fucking charger, Fuck which again, how do they not know? Come like, on. You, th th this has got to be like a Smallville situation where everyone knows, but they're just not saying it. <laughs> they're just like, we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to embarrass him. Don't embarrass He'll tell us when it's time. Yeah, you know. He so we, don't know. <laughs> we see him zooming down the road in hot pursuit or rather he's being pursued by everyone literally everyone because the moment that his face popped up as the next victim of the citizen the entire city was on it, him it, they were on him you know and so he is being constantly watched. People in their cars are shouting at him. And we see Oliver very narrowly swerve out of the way of a police officer, uh, specifically an Officer Strams. Mm -hmm. And as Oliver swings by him into an alleyway to avoid uh, another car that is, you know, chasing him down, uh, he makes this great little leap via Optimus Prime. Uh, with his car <laughs> over a fence and makes his way into a private parking garage. And I love this too, where Canary's just like, how'd you know this garage would be empty? And Oliver's like, because I prepaid and reserved all the spots. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Incredible. So they get themselves uh, ready and suited up. And they have tracked the IP address of the citizen to this little like internet bar. However, we see that this motherfucker's using a VPN, which brings us to today's sponsor, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been wild to get a fucking sponsor during this specific. Literally just for this, I would have been really funny. <laughs> been hilarious. Um, but we see the citizen with another broadcast is showcasing the people who are on the list, Oliver Queen. But he also says, you know, first up is Seattle's most successful investment banker, Franklin Rossmore, who helps finance shady businessmen like Jubal Slade, the developer you brought to justice last night. Next, Allison Kim, who inherited the local horse racing park and injects her prize ponies with steroids and illegal sports enhancement drugs to tilt the bets in her favor gross fucking wild gross and and then oliver queen who's a little slutty he's a little slutty a little too slutty for my taste <laughs> he needs to button one more button on that dress shirt there oliver queen <laughs> on a green dress shirt quit being a little whore oliver queen <laughs> It is interesting that I mean, up until they actually reveal what's going on there, it's that's basically kind of just, just slut shaming him. It's just slut shaming. 
So he's a little too promiscuous for my take. Like, what? I'm surprised with every graphic they don't just slap on a big scarlet letter onto him. <laughs> and so they do reveal that it's not all just fun and games and slut-shaming Oliver Queen. He's accused of murder. <laughs> and we see that uh, the citizen has captured Kevin Carlson, one of Oliver Queen's old school chums. And they reveal that they had gotten into a car accident when they were younger, which resulted in the death of a woman. And... I mean, in the court of public opinion, this feels like a coerced confession. But apparently yeah. everyone is like, no, this is legit. This is fine. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating because they talk about, like, they wrapped their car around a tree, Oliver and his two buddies, including this guy who he's torturing, and it resulted in the death of this girl. No one knew about it because Oliver's father paid everybody off. Paid off a dirty cop to report Nadia's accident as a hit and run. But Oliver remembers this. He remembers getting in an accident, but he doesn't remember what happened. Because he was drinking. And he was told by his dad that it was nothing. And so this is the and immediately right they have like and it looks like he's still driving like a fucking asshole uh, and it and shows they have footage from two minutes ago <laughs> yeah it shows the dash cam and i'm like okay so that officer is citizen right yeah because how else does he get that else that he footage that? yeah um while we're talking about footage when citizen is revealing all this stuff there's footage of that night yes. of them all drinking the beers there's footage of them after the wreck and being like oh whoopsie oh whoops and then there's footage of the dead body and footage of uh of robert queen paying off a cop yeah where did all of that come from i mean i think they say earlier that the first two of just boys being boys uh came from the social media of one of them oh that's right that's right that's right that's right of the guy the last the two that's right. are Kevin. are i think the like police that is the thing that happens later uh it's just it's just very weird and they play it like it's actual footage not like it's a like it's an photos image. like stills yeah yeah so it, it just seems really weird and shady and that's like, i mean that that's that's the that? That's the trouble with this being a still medium is yeah, that it's hard sure. to really place what's moving or what's supposed to be moving and what isn't oh, for sure. sometimes. But yeah, so Oliver is very distressed by this because, again, he remembers this incident. But he was like, I was drunk that night. We did hit something. My dad told me it was just the Ferrari that got damaged. I didn't know I killed someone. And so Oliver is fucking spiraling. He gets a call from Kate Spencer, who's immediately just like, look, we're fucked. But we're going to try and fix this. We're going to try and figure something out. But Oliver is like, I need to fucking save these other two people. I can't think about this right now. He says, you go find uh, Ross Moore. I'll get Allison Kim. We go do this. Uh, Canary is able to rescue Ross Moore. However, when Ollie arrives to the stables of Allison Kim, he finds that she has already been set up to die. 
And this shit mm-hmm. is fucking brutal. This is He's this wanting... is actually one of my worst nightmares. Dude, <laughs> I've, I've had this dream before, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> the citizen is wanting to fucking William Wallace, Allison Kim here. Yeah, and it's fun. Has each of her limbs tied to a different horse, and as soon as Ollie comes out, he's like, he's got the arrow knocked, and the citizen's like, shh, shh, you don't want to spook the horses because they're all gonna run in different directions, and we don't want to prematurely get to a judgment before everybody gets their votes in and honestly this is a great scene this is a great scene great fucking scene uh again and i mean it helps that the bensons are also tv and movie people yeah uh but it plays out very cinematically absolutely um i kind of wish that they had written on arrow I totally agree. Because this plays out, like, this story arc plays out like a really good episode of Arrow. Very true. Like a great two or three-parter. Like a re- like a really good CW couple hours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this, this is great. <laughs> and it's like, lo- like, it's low stakes, low budget. Like, you could, fi- you could fucking film this. Yeah, uh, yeah, easily. Easily. This is, this is an easy, like, episode or two. And so... Oliver is there. He's got the arrow knocked. Citizen is like, look, Miss Kim here swindled mil- citizens out of millions with her legal dosing of these poor animals. But do you think I should just let her go? And they're having like this back and forth about justice versus vengeance. And I just fucking love this conversation. I love the like ollie or green arrow being like you know you dug up dirt uh on everyone the police could round up the guilty why are you doing this and he looks seems like because you didn't like yeah. i i love that that's oh. great this warped sense of justice yep. is this is this is a good foil for a hero with no powers yes 100 percent I mean, you often see this kind of story with a Batman, you know, that's why I make the anarchy comparison, because that's exactly what every anarchy story is, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's that warped sense of justice and that like, no, like I'm like, I'm taking your vigilante thing to the next level. You know, it's it's yeah. the Punisher argument, you know, it's very interesting. And so we see uh, Green Arrow basically saying like, you can't fucking do this. Citizen says, people are voting to execute, so I'm not letting her go. You know, says, no, I am. And I fucking love this panel. It's fucking badass. So good. God, Javier Fernandez with his shadowing work. It, yeah. It's so good. Unmatched. He's so, so good. So uh, Green Arrow is able to loose two arrows that uh, snap two of the... Uh, two of the ropes as the citizen escapes. Kim gets like dragged by a horse for a little bit before Oliver is able to hop on one of them, use his arrows to take out the rest of the ropes and follows after the citizen, but citizen is gone. Oliver comes back on the horse. I fucking love him on a horse. I I mean, it goes, it goes real good. It drives so hard. And so he picks up Kim onto the back of the horse with him. And she's like, what's going to happen to me now? He says, I'm taking you into the police. So you have a real day in court. This and he goes, shit. and this, this shit. shit, we get the angle from the view of the camera. And he's like, your entertainment is over. The court of public opinion is adjourned. 
and he fucking shoots the camera. Why is that not a green arrow line? That's yes. This that is as good of a catchphrase. This city, yes, <laughs> that's as like, good that of is... a catchphrase as you will find for this character. That is what that should have been replaced with. Yeah, I'm telling you, this plays out like a really good like season five or season six episode of Arrow. Total. Ah, oh, so awesome. This is exactly what I want this character to be. Should have been in the Adrian Chase season. God damn it. Yeah, that's season five. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And so we head to the bunker where uh, Ollie is not pleased that Citizen got away. And so the two of them, uh, that being Ollie and Dinah, go upstairs because Dinah has made him some chili. And they, they're going to have chili. I was kind of hoping it was a euphemism, but again, a third of the horny. She made actual chili. Which is very sweet. And I yeah. love that she's trying. Yeah. And so the two of them begin to uh, to taste this chili. Kicked up as fuck. She is kicked up as fuck. Javi <laughs> Fernandez. Javi Fernandez, man. Oh my knows God. how those, to draw. Those jeans? Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Good Lord. For real. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, I, I wanted to get the fun stuff out before we got to what was about to happen. <laughs> yeah, so Oliver and Dinah are tasting Dinah's chili. Uh, it's not a euphemism. Not a euphemism, really. But is they chili. hear a creak from upstairs. Creak. And so they go to the door, they open it up, and Superman is there. Floating in the sky. Fucking Javier Fernandez draws a fucking great superman he draws a great superman <laughs> and he just says we need to talk and if you are unaware of anything else going on this seems like superman coming to bring oliver to justice yep because again they think that you know oliver's a murderer uh, yeah, <laughs> like it feels we've like we've seen this before yeah but in fact it is not that it's worse Chapter 45 is a tie-in to the event Heroes in Crisis. And if you've been following along with the season, you know that we've covered this story. Yep. We spent like five hours. We spent over five hours talking about this. It's our longest episode that I've ever done for this podcast. Um, am I am I on the two longest episodes of this podcast? Is it you that might two be. <laughs> you might be genuinely because that that two captains episode is fucking long as well. Wow, um, I love that I'm your Anthony Oliveira. That's great. Yeah, you, you, you truly are. You truly are. Um, I also got to mention they're they're doing work on the the building outside. So if you hear some some ruckus going on, like work or like work. Like, like W E R K or like no. W O R K? O R K. Oh, that sucks. All right. Yeah. But so, if you haven't, go listen to that five hour conversation and then come back for this part because this yep. shit hurts. I don't want to relitigate. <laughs> if you are, but you know what? Genuinely, one of my favorite episodes we've ever done for the book club. Yeah. Yeah. I it think it was that a might wonderful be the best fucking discussion. Yeah. Um, 
we started a very ominous place. Superman came to Oliver to talk. We don't know what about, but the next issue immediately opens up talking about Roy. The retrospective of Roy. And this fucking page goes so hard. It's a great page. I love that top panel. Mm -hmm. Roy doing his, yeah, kind of jump. Uh, uh, but so the the monologue, the narration goes, In our culture, there are legends told of a raven who flies free with his fellow birds. The raven is smart and resourceful, but also full of mischief. The raven may seem to only care about himself and his own needs, but his actions usually benefit his tribe. Roy Harper was part of, part of our tribe, our family, after my father, Big Bo, rescued him from a forest fire. And we see that the narration is done by Bird, Roy's brother. I stand here today, grateful that Roy honored our tribe by discovering who killed our father. Grateful we parted not as enemies, but as brothers. I know I'm not the only one who loved Roy, and I look forward to hearing your story celebrating Roy's memory, even as we mourn his loss and deliver him back to Mother Earth. Roy has passed. Uh, during the events of Heroes in Crisis, Roy Harper, along with at least a dozen other heroes, are killed. Again, we're not going to get super into that event, so if you want to know more, go back to the Heroes in Crisis episode. Mm-hmm. But we see that they are at the funeral for Roy Harper. And it is a sad affair. We've got people from his civilian life, we've got people from his hero life. Dinah and Ollie are there. The birds are there. I love that the birds came to support Dinah. Yeah, He's there to support fuck. I, I actually really love that Helena is there. Same. I think that's cool. Holy uh, shit, is it good? Also, in the background, you can immediately tell who that is. And yep. I love that Cheshire is there. Yes. Jade is there, and I fucking love that she is. That's great. It's so fucking good. Uh, but we see people from his his civilian life. We see Wonder Woman. We see the Titans. Mm-hmm. We see, I believe that's Hal and John. I, I was trying to figure out who who that was. That, yeah, that's definitely I that, Hal. I guess that would have to be John. I, I, I don't know. I guess it doesn't have to be, but like putting them in the same frame just makes me think that. In a part of me wants to think that it's uh, Jefferson. Oh, that that is actually a because good pull. old continuity wise, that would work because of the outsiders connection, but that doesn't work in a new fifty two continuity sense, you know. And this is still, after all, the new fifty two continuity. So I I, I was That's having a hard fair. time trying to figure out who that actually is because it doesn't really make sense for John to be there either. That's true. That's like, true. John doesn't know Roy. <laughs> I'm so sure maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, but yeah, we see Cheshire in the very bottom, and then we see Diana and Clark. Mm-hmm. This is in the middle Ooh. of Heroes in Crisis happening. Yeah. Like, this is at the same time as the price is going on. Y'all remember the price? The price. We also cover that in the Heroes in Crisis episode. What was the price? <laughs> what was. What was the price for your blind eyes? Yeah, a lot of death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in five hours. <laughs> and so, 
Um, so Bird hands the reins over to Diana, who gives a really touching eulogy for Roy. And then the retcons begin. Uh-huh. Um, this page is really heartbreaking because a lot of times when bad things happen, especially to the people that we love, I know for me, I internalize it a lot. Yeah. And I think, oh, I could have done this. I should have seen this. I And Oliver does the exact same thing. He's like, I didn't realize that Roy came back to the city to tell me about the problems he was having, but I was too distracted. I promised to call him, but I never did. And we see that that conversation happened weeks ago. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. It really is. And so we see that uh, Oliver, in his grief, some people, you know, kind of get lost in it, and some people, unfortunately, weaponize it. Oliver is one of the latter. Because he thinks, you know, there's no way I could have known something would have happened to him at a recovery center. But the so-called Justice League knew the risks. And he walks right up to Clark Kent and wallops him right on the jaw. Says, hey, where's your friend, brother? Huh? <laughs> Fucking slaps him. <laughs> That's the energy he brings. That's the energy he brings right now. It's sick. Clark's like, I'm just here to take pictures for the Daily Bugle. I mean, the, uh, the Daily Planet. <laughs> you have um, pictures of your friend, Spider-Man? Huh? But yeah, Oliver likes punches Clark. And I don't know how he doesn't break his hand doing this. I Javi Fernandez is so good at drawing this because it is absolutely a punch that doesn't move Clark's face, but at punches all. the glasses off. But he knocks the showing. highlights out of her hair. <laughs> he punches the glasses right off his face. Punches the glasses of course, right off his face. <laughs> Clark picks them up and he's just, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, we know how hard this is hitting Bruce. Or uh, how hard this is hitting Clark. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, because Bruce isn't there. He is currently tracking down uh, the killer. But again, so Oliver takes Mary. that as like, we should fucking, we should all be out there. Like, what are we doing here? If he's not here, we should all be out here there. But if we're all here, he should be here. And this so, reminds me a lot of identity crisis. Yes, 100%. Because Ollie has the same position in identity crisis yep. after Sue is killed. Yeah. And so it's like, we are wasting time being here at this funeral. Like, we need to go. We need to go handle this. We need to lock our shit up. We need like, to get justice. We need to get justice. And I I mean it's it's consistent characterization of this character, which I appreciate. Yeah. Cause it I mean, like Diana's like, we're all friends here, and Oliver says friends don't let get fr friends don't let friends get murdered. That's sick. It just oh cold fucking line. And then we get this incredible reference where Hal is approached by Oliver and he's like Dude, you're a Green Lantern, man. Like, you, you got to create something that can bring Roy back. And Hal just kind of, like, lowers his head. And he's just like, I can't construct something to bring back the dead or turn back time. I'm sorry. And we get, at least for me, I was like, yeah, he knows that from fucking experience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Coast City represent. Uh-huh. 
And then Oliver hits him with the the Justice League. What a joke. Sick. Sick. And then he puts on the flag shirt. <laughs> he puts on a fucking uh, hat and <laughs> swirls it backwards. <laughs> Dude, if he started wearing the fucking trucker hat, this would have been a 10 out of 10. <laughs> if he really hanked him, the wasps it. <laughs> <laughs> he becomes the arsenal. <laughs> uh, but Green Arrow is having a rough time. He's going through it and he's like, you know what? Y'all are so fucking high and mighty, but I could take you down in a fucking second. And then he gets a don't. And he is psychically pulled out of this moment by Martian Manhunter. Doctor Strange out of his body. And he just gets <laughs> bumped right out. And he's like, oh. And he's like, look, I know you want to use the box. Don't fucking use the box, man. Don't use Don't the box. About the box. He's like, but I want to use the box. <laughs> I Do you know what's in the box? No. Okay. I was curious if you knew. Okay. And I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. So Oliver, as we all kind of figured out, he was like, he's going through self-loathing and he's going through grief and he doesn't know how to handle it. And he's like, you know, all my money, Green Arrow, my life, I give it all away to bring him back. And Jean says, I know you would, Oliver, but for now, the only thing you can do for Roy is to let these people grieve in peace and say goodbye to their friend. You know what? It's John. John Jones. It's not John Stewart or Black Lightning. Because I'm looking at the panel now, and he pulls him out, and when they're going back in, he's, oh, John is going right. back he's into going the other guy's body. Right. It's Martian Manhunter. Oh, I forgot. Because they're all in civilian gear. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good call. We Good solved call. it. We solved it, gang. We figured it out. Nice. Look at us Nicely go. Done. Look at Nicely us go. Done. Uh so we see Oliver just kind of walk off. Um as Donna Troy goes up to speak. And at this point in Rebirth, they were a thing. I've always yeah. kind of liked them together, to be uh, yeah. honest. Yeah, I um, like that. I think I like him and him and Cheshire, I love the kind of Batman Catwoman of it. Yeah, but that's but all I, that is. You know? Yeah, but I do love him and Donna together, especially because, the because Wonder Woman of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but also just because of the, I I love how Roy is a person who is very prone to his worst impulses and feeling quote unquote emasculated by things. Yes, would date someone like Donna Troy. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that dynamic with them. I loved how they played that too of like he was always in love with Donna. But she and, wasn't always. Which he wasn't always. But, uh, and that's kind of carried over into even like current stuff like World's Finest Teen Titans. Yeah. Like I, I love them seeding that there and everything. Like I, I like that a lot. Fucking love Just that like the, he's, he's always in just astonishment of her. I mean, I'm how could you not be as Donna Troy? I'm so mad it's only six issues. Yeah. I, I'm so yeah. mad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like talking about that. <laughs> Either way, uh, we do get this great uh, full page of Donna and Roy. Um, it's just, it's it's incredible. And we get 
the retcon page is following mm-hmm. this. Uh, we see, you know, things that don't necessarily have to be retcons on this first page with them meeting, uh, Ollie training Roy. And then Ollie is joined by this woman named Annie sits down with him and she reveals that Roy helped her to get clean. Yeah. Roy was her sponsor. Yeah. It seems like, and I fucking love that. I love that a lot. I fucking love that. He, you know, parlayed his struggles with addiction to help other people. Yeah. Go through it. Yeah. And that's not, uh, that's not a new thing. We've seen that. We know that Roy is killer Croc's sponsor. I think it's the opposite. Killer Croc was Roy's sponsor. I thought Roy was Killer Croc's sponsor. Oh. Because I, I and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought it was Croc that got him on the path to getting clean. And that's oh. why they have that relationship. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Oh, I don't remember now. Oh, maybe we're, we're, we're going to have to look that up that. and reread it. Okay. But, I, I, I may just be misremembering that. But still, you know, I, I, I do love that just goes along with what kind of a hero he was. Yeah. You know, totally agree. It's a nice touch. Uh, so Annie reveals to him because Oliver's like, Roy's probably up there laughing his butt off at how far we had to drive to get out here and how high we had to climb up just to get this random spot. And Annie reveals that this is the spot where Roy decided to get clean. And she's, you know, she tells him like, he was watching the sunset and it reminded him of a Confucius saying when an archer misses the center of his target, he turns around and seeks the cause of his failure in himself. Amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. That's just good writing. And Annie didn't know that Roy was Arsenal. Nope. And I think that makes it even fucking better. Makes it even better. Yeah. And so everyone, you know, the the service adjourns and Dinah comes to see Ollie and the two of them have this embrace and he's like I can only remember the bad stuff and I don't know why and then we get the retcon page where it looks like hard traveling heroes did happen it did happen um they kind of fit it in in a way where we do still get the moment where uh, Ollie abandon, abandons Roy instead of trying to help him, which I'm kind of glad they stuck in there because I thought that was a really dynamic choice to make. Yeah. However, it just also makes Hal kind of complicit in that too, which yeah. is really fucking which is weird. Fascinating. It, like, it's better if Hal isn't there. Correct. Because <laughs> like... we talked about it last time we addressed this. Like, if Hal was here, this wouldn't have happened. This doesn't happen. Yeah. But it could also be a situation where it's like, they see this and Hal is like, look, I'm going to give you time to sort this out. And he leaves and then Ollie reacts the way that he does. But yeah, it's still weird. It's weird. But so um, Ollie kind of reflects. He's like, he didn't need a mentor. He needed a father. I acted like his father, but I wasn't one. I was his boss. I thought I knew best, but I didn't know what was best for him. And now I've got to live with that. And everyone's leaving, you know, mementos on his uh, on his coffin. Uh, Annie leaves his first sober coin, the 30 days. And 
Oliver leaves an arrow. And he says, I love you, son. Goodbye, Roy. The final narration as Oliver leaves uh, says, I spent my life finding the fault in Roy and never turned around to seek the cause of my failure in myself. I'm not going to disappoint him again. Guess I've got work to do. Fuck. Which is great. Uh, the only thing that ruins that for me. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> Don't you fucking say it. Because I didn't notice it until this page. Don't you and fucking say it. Throughout the entire story is that on the fucking portrait of Roy. They hung the, the trucker hat. They hung the hat. <laughs> And because it's a part the, of his character now. That's the dumbest fucking shit. It's a part of his character now. Seen. That is forever. That, that literally has poisoned it forever. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it has not poisoned it. It's made it even better. If I didn't hate it before, this would absolutely <laughs> make me hate it. That's so dumb. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It still oh hits just as God. hard. It's not just the death of Roy, it's the death of the trucker hat. The death of the hat. <laughs> God. But seriously, what an incredible oh issue. No, what a great issue. Just amazing. An amazing story of grief. Yeah. And so it's kind of unfortunate that it comes in the middle of this other story. I like it, to be honest with you. I, I think like, it works as a sobering point this, for all yeah, of you to kind of get really this galvanizing about what's going him. on. Yeah. To like, I just also wish that he didn't have to have that story be. I, I wish that he didn't have to have a galvanizing point for that story. Do you know what I mean? Like th that that whole uh, the accused of murder aspect should have been the galvanizing point anyway. You know, I it's can, almost like he I has can two. see that. I you know I can because see that. but I think the the way that they weave it into the story works really well. Especially yeah. with all the Roy stuff at the beginning. I think they make um, it work. Yeah. I, I do think that they could have just made this like multiple multiple issue arc of him working through his grief. Yeah. Um yeah. And that is a bit of a missed opportunity of it just being one issue. Yeah. But so we see uh chapter forty six back in Seattle. Uh Citizen is doing his thing. He's like, ah, two people got away, but fucking whatever. But hey, look at this. Rossmore took his judgment into his own hands and hanged himself in prison rather than face you for his crimes. He says, this is still a victory. I still win. Even yep. though he got away from me, I still fucking win. That's how you know that DJ Khaled is actually citizen. <laughs> Another one. Because he's like, I know I'm a winner. I'm a winner. <laughs> I only ate one hot wing, but I'm still a winner. I came out on top. All I do is win. No matter what. And so he says, but someone has been missing. Someone's been in hiding. Where has Green Arrow been hiding Oliver Queen? And for these last two issues, we get art by Herman Peralta. And mm -hmm. I kind of fucking dig this art. I like Herman Peralta. I, I think really he's like very his good. art. I think he's very What else good. has he worked on? Um, the first thing that I saw him do, uh, was the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. book. Okay. Uh, over at Marvel, um, which I thought he did a great fucking job on. He has, he fits that Javi Fernandez style. It's very moody. Yeah. Cartoon. 
Um, he's he's kind of just been a fill-in artist for a lot of stuff or has for done sure. like mini series stuff. Uh, I don't remember what he was recently on. He recently did something that I liked. I don't remember what. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a good like fill-in artist. For sure. And so we see that the city has been you know, we're talking about galvanizing moments. We've seen the city has been galvanized against the rich and the wealthy. Um, people are rioting. People are, you know, hunting down billionaires. They're at a gala where this, where supposedly the civilian is there and has an angry mob uh, trying to attack all the rich fat cats. It's very Dark Knight Rises. Yes. The take control take of your city. your city. Yeah. For you, the people. For you. The people. Gotham is yours. Do as you please. Oh, fuck. Am I going to rewatch Dark Knight Rises? You fucking always uh, should. Because it's great. We find out that this uh, this gala is happening at Flanagan Mansion. Nice Flanagan. But Green Arrow and Black Canary are there. They take out some of the... Uh, some of the rioters and we find out that the citizen is not truly the citizen it's a cosplayer mm. it's genuinely <laughs> what's your name <laughs> i just like that green arrow pulls off his mask like, this mask comes right off you're not the citizen at all <laughs> like, you're a phony and he's like it's called cosplay and it was the best i could do with short notice and you know what as a cosplayer, been there. He's like, I spent six hours making that paper mache mask. Six hours. Six hours of my life. Uh, they're able to rescue the people, arrest those who need arresting. Uh, Dinah and Alice just grappling hook away. And we cut to the next morning at the fucking J Slade building. It just sounds bad. <laughs> J Slade, J Slade, J Slade. DJ J Slade. <laughs> Another one. You're here with J Slade over on 92.9, The Groove. Uh, <laughs> it's time for Slow Jam with J Slade. J Slade, J Slade, J Slade. Uh, where Dinah is trying to track down the name of the driver who took, um, I fucking forgot his name already. Uh, Jewel Slade. Jewel Slade or whatever. Jubal. 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 Jubal Slade. Jubal. And we meet the best character in the whole volume. Yes, yeah, she I fucking ruled. love this lady. She rules. Where has she been? Where Honestly, where has she been all my life? She's wonderful. She's, she's this old lady who's just like, I don't even use computers. I keep employing names on paper like the good Lord intended. Awesome. Like this, this lady. Awesome. Fucking incredible. What are you, some kind of Lady Columbo? Lady Columbo? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Lady and then, Columbo. And then she just insists on calling Dinah Lady Columbo for the rest of the book. <laughs> lady Columbo, coming soon to NBC. Rocks, I'd watch the shit out of that. What, Columbo's woke now? They made him a girl? Exactly. Oh, can't have anything. <laughs> but I do love, and I I just love her attitude about everything. Dinah's yeah. like, I thought you'd want to help, you, you know, you'd want someone to help find out who killed your boss. And she's like, that's what the cops are for. Love it. I don't give a shit. Love it. He's like, he, he gave me a new car for every Christmas, but I'm fucking, 
I worked for him. He wasn't my husband. Yeah. So awesome. fucking good. Awesome. She's great. And so she gives Dinah the name of the uh, of the driver. And it just says, well, then you go, Lady Columbo. <laughs> I fucking love it. Sick. Uh, Green Arrow goes to visit Kevin Carlson, the friend of uh, Oliver Queen, who had been coerced into admitting that Oliver Queen killed somebody. Again, and then, literally Oliver Queen's friend and doesn't recognize does that Green Arrow is Oliver Queen? Genuinely, the entire city of Seattle knows. The fuck? Except for the citizen. And the they're fuck? not telling him shit. The fuck? <laughs> so he's like, look, like, tell me what happened. And Kevin reveals that, like... Ollie wasn't behind the wheel. They were being driven by their friend Brett, who, coincidentally enough, died in a drunk driving accident a couple years ago. Uh -huh. And so Kevin's like, I had photos of us, you know, during the drive and you weren't behind the wheel, but Citizen told me he was going to kill me if I didn't lie. So... Green Arrow asks him to send him the evidence, and again, it's like, I get how Citizen dug up the pictures from Kevin, but how did he get his hands on the crime scene photos? And so Green Arrow goes to the cop, who Robert Queen paid off, who looks like he's heading out to a vacation. Mm -hmm. And so Oliver's like, how'd you get the fucking, like you're gonna skip town like after you got incriminated and he's like I, I fucking it wasn't me he's like i told that damn rookie to stop snapping photos of the crime scene and it all comes together he says who the was that was rookie joe strands the officer from earlier whose dash cam we got wait a second that's two things that citizen got that joe strands had you think there's a connection huh i'm not seeing it uh, Oliver tells him to get the hell out of the city, and we cut to across town later. And you want to talk about caked up, bro? Herman Peralta can draw Black Canary forever, bro. My God, God damn. So we we also see they have an app called Finder. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> kind of goofy. This page is funny just in general because it has. It just starts with. <laughs> balls <laughs> right in front of like this display of like giant like crystal balls or whatever that's just funny like, yeah <laughs> balls <laughs> and that also sounds very new england she's like, nah, <laughs> balls. Balls. Nah, balls like she's been hanging out with ollie so now yeah she's so she's starting to pick up those anachronisms yeah <laughs> So we see the name of the or the address of this Shane Andrews, the driver, brought her to this display. And when she looks him up, he died in August of 1993. What the I, fuck? I turned one year old that month. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. You're right. Eric, Eric, year one. Whoa. Not a really exciting comic. Well, I don't know. It's pretty exciting. It's, it's just there's like a little like editor's note on like issue four of like, hey, Shane, Shane Andrews died. <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. 
And so like, we see that the whoever this driver was uh, had co-opted Shane Andrews' identity to uh, get closer to uh, Jubal. Jubal. And so Oliver has made his way to uh, Officer Strands' house. He breaks in and he is beset upon by the citizen. And he just goes, trespassing at my home is a crime punishable by death. And he attacks him. The two exchange fisticuffs. Uh, Green Arrow fucking kicks his ass. But uh, Ju- not Jubal. Uh, Strands is like, too bad I rigged my house to explode! And he fucking runs away as Oliver's like, wait, what? House explodes. Uh, Love the arrows flying. Just everywhere. going flying, yeah. That's a nice touch. Really good work by Peralta. Um, and so Oliver's like, fuck, he's getting away. He gets up, Canary arrives, the two of them, like, reconvene and go over everything they've learned. And Oliver's like, Green Arrow can't take this guy down, but Oliver Queen can. Cut to the next morning, where Oliver is doing a press conference, where he is announcing his candidacy for mayor. I mean, uh, he (laughs) is telling everyone, I am innocent, I am going to go into police protection. And I love that they keep both putting police protection in bold to like tell the tell the reader like hey remember he's strands an officer yeah silly and so oliver goes into police protection he hops into this uh vehicle that is very clearly being driven by strands yep and oliver loves playing the dumb billionaire yep he loves this shit He's like, We're, wait a second, we're supposed to be going to a penthouse in the city. Where are you taking me? I'm taking you to face your judgment, Oliver Queen. And he does the fucking classic, like, turns around with the gun and puts yeah. the mask on. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Incredible. He's, he's such a dramatic bitch. <laughs> he's like, give me the fucking phone. He knocks out Oliver, tosses the phone outside, and drives off. What? How did you? <laughs> Incredible. Uh, chapter 47, the finale of this volume. Uh, we see Dinah's in hot pursuit. She knows what's going on. Kate's like, where the fuck is Oliver? He didn't show up to his to his safe house. Are you in a tunnel? And Dinah's like, I just have the window rolled down. Don't worry about it. I'll see you later. Bye. Uh, don't worry about it, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the newest live stream a citizen is ready to put oliver to death via electric chair the trial of mr one percent himself oliver, oliver Queen. Queen. silly <laughs> he's so silly <laughs> the lean in too into the can like the it, body is very, it is very it is very paul dano riddler coded yeah <laughs> Ramon Peralta was maybe four or five years ahead of the curve. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> I just, I would have died if he pulled out the little, like, carpet tool. <laughs> and so we see uh, our good friend Henry Fife, who is still employed by Queen Industries. It took me a second because I was like, what is Henry Fife doing there? And I was like, oh yeah, he already got hired on by Queen Industries. Uh-huh. Oliver wouldn't fire him, so he's just working nope. there, still doing the same thing and probably making millions of dollars. I was going to say, I wonder if he's still making the same amount of money. Probably. Oliver wouldn't just give him a pay cut. Mm, 
think it'd be pretty funny if he did. Like, it would, it would did, be funny. If he did. You did go work for the enemy. Like, <laughs> you but do I, deserve but I was a double agent the whole time, con. Oliver. Come on, man. Mm, no, you were a double piece of shit the whole time. <laughs> oh, no. And so the civilian. <laughs> love just how like campy he's gonna he's like putting his hands over he's like ooh, look at these look yeah this, so look at this fun. chair he's so thrilled he's like i finally fucking got he's him. like i got like, him he's like how ass. does mr queen plead to his wrongdoings and queen's like not guilty he's like you liar liar <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes to hit the switch on the electric chair when all of a sudden an arrow hits the uh fuse box short circuits everything uh citizen flips the switch but nothing happens as green arrow fucking attacks and for a second i was really excited for it to be emiko <laughs> i thought it was diggle <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was roy <laughs> As a side note, just I really like the actor that played Roy. Colton Haynes. Colton Haynes. Terrific. Terrific actor. I, I wish fantastic. that he was treated better on that show. I I like, wish uh, I'm sorry. I wish both behind the, sidekicks, the scenes of that show. Yes. I wish both the sidekicks were treated better. Because the same fucking thing happened to Wally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Isn't Weird. that interesting? Weird. Isn't that interesting? So, Anyway, Green Arrow is particularly caked up here, which I think is really <laughs> more so than usual, which is interesting. More so than usual, like I've got a duty to please that booty. Like it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So Green Arrow knocks out Citizen, and then runs up, and it's Dinah, and it's kind oh, of that's why Green Arrow is like, this is a weird fantasy thing for me, and I'm kind of into it. Yeah, the way that he pulls her in to kiss her, he's he's like, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> he's feeling it. And she goes, take your clothes off. And he's like, thought you'd never ask. And I was like, oh, we might. Finally, nope. the horny I've been looking for. But it's a singular moment. Because they run around and they pull the fucking switcheroo before Citizen wakes up again. And that's I think so it's funny. so silly. That's so funny. That's that's comic books, baby. <laughs> like, there's a lot of time that passes here. That is good comic booking. It really it's is. It's kind of wild. Like, this is at least five minutes. And at so least. Oliver puts the Green Arrow gear on. Uh, Dinah hands him his stuff back. Uh, and we're assuming commandeers the car because citizen wakes up and dinah has driven away he's like my car green green arrow you traitor and then green arrow <laughs> hops in to fucking attack him uh says i'm no them... traitor i'm a citizen just like you fucking awesome <laughs> 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 fucking awesome hits him with that flying kick too so sick hits him with the fucking <laughs> flying kick and so uh, the two of them engage in fisticuffs. They end up breaking the uh, the electro arrow, and Oliver knocks the citizen back, and he falls against the chair. And remember, the switch had been flipped on, so he begins to get zappy zapped. Did a bam, 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 bam. Green Arrow, in the fucking coolest move that I would have loved to see, like in motion, 
because those yeah. choreographers on that show were fucking next level. Yeah. Slides on his side, knocks a grappling hook arrow, shoots it off, pulls the switch to turn it off. Cool. Cool. Citizen's like, oh, fuck. And then Green Arrow looses three more arrows to pin Citizen to the chair. Cool. Fucking incredible. And so he picks up the camera and he goes like, hey, what's up? It's your boy, Green Arrow. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives this great speech. This incredible... And- Particularly timely, strangely enough. Yeah, how about that? And he's just like, we need to be better. Like, he says, it's natural to feel powerless in a world where the powerful appear to be above the law. But you've never been powerless. You have voices that can and should be heard. Scream if you have to. At the ballot box, town hall meetings, or peaceful protests in the streets. Use social media as a way to connect with one another, not as a mob, but as a community and a city. Justice isn't as simple as a button click. It requires careful consideration of all the evidence, which is exactly what the police and our judicial system will do for the citizen. Don't imitate citizen. Hell, don't imitate me for that matter. You are already more powerful than you know, so why not use that power to affect real change? The court of public opinion is now adjourned. Get to work cool and i'm like holy fuck this is green arrow cool 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 and he smashes the camera like cool fuck dude this shit fucking rules cool and citizen does the whole like strike me down and two more shall rise to like he's he's talking about like someone else is gonna come to replace me and green arrow's like cool and I'll kick the shit out of them too. Yeah, I'll whoop that ass. <laughs> Police so arrive, sick, and uh, Strands is put into jail. We do see that uh, Oliver is able to be acquitted via the evidence, and we do see, interestingly, that someone is already working on another citizen mask. Isn't that interesting? Because there's always going to be people who try mm-hmm. to misuse the system. I kind of love that. I do too. And I love that as far as I know, this doesn't get followed up on. No. I no. kind of love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's an incredible scene where like, we see all this happening. Um, Oliver's talking about like, no one can really be free of their past. I know that someone is going to pick up this mantle of the citizen and I just, I have to hope that they're going to use it for good instead of evil. He says, I haven't had a lot of faith these past few months. Thankfully, I have friends who stood by me and believed in me, even the ones who aren't here anymore. And he says, I will tell Roy about that box, but it'll have to be when I cross over to the other side. He says, I've got to move on from my past and live every day as if I've got something to prove for Roy for Oliver Queen, for Green Arrow, for Dinah. He heads up, and we see him sitting with Dinah. And I just, I fucking love them. Mm-hmm. I love them just sitting on the roof, talking about everything. They're the best couple in comics. Best couple? May, ugh, it's really difficult, because I love Clark and Lois. 
I love Clark and Lois, and I love, I mean, we both do, love Scott and Emma. We uh, sure fucking do. But that's the three best couples in comics. Yeah. But I don't think that Ollie and Diana are number three. So true. So true, best buddy. So Oliver stands up and he's like, I love you, Dinah. And I've got a question for you. And I was like, Ooh. Ah! he says, will you be my partner in crime fighting and never my sidekick? Ah! She says, that depends. Are you going to keep your promise? And he says, are you sure you're ready? I've made some upgrades. And she hits him with the, I think I've waited enough for a ride, don't you? I'm like, whoo. Whew. come on Whew. stop dancing around it Whew. let me see it please but instead they ride off in the aeroplane brand new aeroplane brand whoa. new aeroplane whoa Dinah says i love it but how much crime fighting do you think we can do all the way up here and oliver says pretty bird when they go low we go high and that is the whoa. end of the volume I face myself. The crash of what I've become. Erase myself. And let go of what I've Like, so fucking good. Also, I want to just real quick talk about one of the variant covers uh green arrow 47 variant cover by kari andrews uh, oh, <laughs> <that cover> rules <laughs> 46 and 47 both have really good covers <laughs> yeah i mean all of the covers all the variants all, are done by all kari these kari andrews covers are, uh yeah i think 45 actually is my favorite the 45 is dope as fuck it's a classic green arrow that's a fucking great image but 46 hot 47 hot <laughs> and she's got the hat too yeah fuck dude yeah <laughs> oh good yeah but yeah so malcolm uh final thoughts on the volume and your favorite part this volume is good uh i i like it a lot it feels like i mean this this could have been a volume one you know what i mean oh, uh, for sure it, it definitely is like I said at the beginning, the tie-in volume where it ties into different events and stuff. And I think that kind of uh, in one way makes it feel like less of a volume one and in another way makes it feel like a DC volume one. Because uh, <laughs> DC loves to have that. the beginning of their runs tie into events. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think this could have just been the start of like a new volume. Um, it's a lot of fun though. I, I like it a lot. Uh, favorite part, it's got to be that Roy send-off issue. Yeah. I think that's really terrific. Just really, really good comic booking. I know it's it doesn't seem to be hard to do a funeral in a comic. I feel like I've read... Mo most of the funerals I've read in comics have been really fantastic issues. Mm -hmm. um, but this is... This is closer to the best version of it that I've read. It's given uh, a certain amount of care. That... Yeah you don't often see yeah especially for a character who i think did not get enough care true in this time um it do do you have a do you have a high bar for like funeral issues or for like grieving issues yes i mean i what's what's your what's your issue of choice so 
I think funeral for a friend is unmatched That's when it comes fair. to like funeral stuff. That's fair. But when it comes to a grieving issue, I mean, it has to be that last Batman and Robin after Damien dies. The, the, Ooh, uh, okay. Okay. The, Great issue. The dialogue less yeah. issue. Yeah. Like yeah. that, it, that it's. Yeah. What is that? Uh, 18. Yeah, I think so. Batman and Robin 18. The, the cover has uh, Damien's boots empty boots with a little robin on it um that issue i think is handled so fucking well that like that you know for me set a very high bar what about you uh it's honestly it's uh fantastic four five eighty eight oh which is the last issue of hickman's fantastic four run before it becomes ff yeah um but uh yeah it's it's after the death of one of the four and it it's another silent issue um and that's i think that's that's my bar like that's my that's my benchmark like that's the most because it's silent issue for the first like story which is like 25 pages right and then the last like eight or nine pages are a uh mark brooks drawn uh spider-man the, the spider-man and franklin yeah. story that's which, a which fucking great pull fucking impacts me every time i think about it holy shit. um i don't know why i'm dancing around who died it was, spoilers for a comic like everybody knows old. but johnny storm dies yeah and then that because that that spider-man and franklin story ends with the punchline of like you know the uh i had an uncle too my uncle's name was ben you know, I and it, it just fucking destroys Ugh. me. Destroys Every time. me. Every time. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That, it's, it's yeah, that so issue good, is dude. so good. So this is this is closer to that for me than not. Agreed. Uh I think it's a really great issue. But yeah. yeah. What did you think of the volume? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I was again, I was kind of worried after the Benjamin Percy stuff wrapped, but I think the Bensons have a great voice for all of the characters in that cast um i think again citizen could have just been anarchy but yeah i do really like that they took a swing with that and i'm glad that they gave you know i i would have liked i think a full arc of ollie working through his grief with roy um but given that they're only given an issue to do that i think they did it as incredible a job as they could have yeah um retcons be damned I do, I do like it. I like the treatment of it, and I like the mystery box. I like that aspect. So I'm interested to see where they go with that. But yeah, that wraps up this volume. Before we get into next week, we've got some emails to read. So uh, Malcolm, what time is it? It's the email time, the email time, emails time. It's time for us to read them, emails time. It's the emails time. That felt so over the garden wall, and I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. That was super intentional. Uh, if you would like to be part of the Geeksplain book club mailbag, <laughs> send, your, <laughs> send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com and you can put something with quiver in the subject header and we will read it here on the Friday show. Our first email, Messengero, part three of the Quiver Quartet by Louis Bowery. Whoa. Uh, 
from Dylan Hall. Whoa. Who writes, Hello, Geeksplain Pod. As the subject line says, I come with a message. Wishlist books you ask for that already exist. Uh, (laughs) Because we we all the time are like, Oh, I wish this book was happening. Um, Dylan writes, Shadow is currently a member of the new Suicide Squad-esque Skywatch team run by Director Bones and Winter, previously from Wildstorm slash Stormwatch. The team consists of Shadow, Peacekeeper 01, Phantom One from Brisson's now wrapped Batman Incorporated, which is overall fine in my opinion. Ravager, Flint, also from Wildstorm, very cool customer and team leader, and the nuclear powered core. Not sure if they're from anything else. This team is from one of the stories in the Brave and the Bold stories that just wrapped for now in issue six. Writers at Brisson, art by a guy named Jeff Spokes, who has a very cool art style. That's awesome. We wanted more shadow on teams. So there it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, now with our Kate Spencer, because we wanted more Kate Spencer stuff. Manhunter yes. is a secondary character in the second half of a book by another Marvel convert, Matt Rosenberg's Joker. Fuck, I do, do I have to read this Joker book? Really? Kate Spencer's in that? Uh, he writes, Ravager also makes some appearances in that book too. Highly recommend. Joker issues 10, 10 through 12, and the Red Hood issues by Rosenberg may be the best parts of Gotham War. Uh, agreed on the Red Hood stuff in Gotham War. Um, the treatment yeah. of that character is not the best, uh, but that's <laughs> due to really the story. <laughs> but Rosen, I mean, Rosenberg has a very specific view on Red Hood, and I do like his take. Yeah. Um, Dylan writes, on to this week's Arrow issues. Great stuff. Following Percy's run is hard, but I think the Bensons did a great job. Their handling of Roy and his death was phenomenal. I think they did a great job recontextualizing this reality's version of the events of hard-traveling heroes. I'm saddened that TV continues to take good writers from the comics medium. Write more comics, Bensons and Fraction. Fernandez, I was kind of familiar art-wise, loved his work on the Two-Face One Bad Day, which was very good, even though I think personally it was the weakest One Bad Day. I absolutely Uh, agree. That's a Two-Face story for you. It sure is a Two-Face story. Uh, But it worked really (laughs) well here. Very kinetic in the chases. Uh, Dylan, read that that Nightwing Rebirth. He is so fucking good in that series. Yeah. Um, He writes, Malcolm, when is the cookout? Do I need to bring Coronas or can I bring good beer? Whoa! Yikes! Do I only ironically like Corona because of Fast and Furious? <laughs> yes. You didn't have to read me on it, though. <laughs> um, Dylan writes, Jacob, I look forward to my quarter. If any Marvel character could get a show in the style of what Echo looks to be, it's my boy's Moon Knight. Uh, also, read City of the Dead by David Popose and company. It's a little cheesy at times, but a very fun Moon Knight adventure before Jed kills my boys. Uh, David Papose is crushing it right now. Malcolm's making a face. It's fine. We we can have differing opinions. Um, yeah, Propose hasn't done anything for me. I really didn't like that Punisher book. And really? I get into City of the Day. Yeah, I uh, just think it should just be, I don't know, uh, I guess a Frank Castle book. <laughs> Who wants to just be a Frank Castle book so fucking badly? <laughs> just let you, it be a Frank how, Castle how are you going to follow up that Jason Aaron Punisher book with just another Punisher book with Frank Castle? Yeah, that's literally all they did. <laughs> that's uh, the thing. That's what they did. And they just said, oh, he's a shield guy, which doesn't make it better. <laughs> Dylan writes, I think that's it for this week. Looking forward to the Hive Mind finale next week. Don't trust cops. Drive sober. Be kind. You goddamn Dylan. right. 
Uh, P.S. Wild Blue Yonder is easily a top three episode of Doctor Who. Holy shit, with a delightful hour of television. Very excited for what this finale will bring. Uh, we haven't yeah, talked about boy. it. Fucking ruled. Wild that Blue Yonder was so good. Was so good. Holy fuck. So so. My good. God, what a great, great fucking episode. How many knees do they have? Fucking stop. My arms. Are too <laughs> the two on each leg. <laughs> fuck. So good. That episode um, was so good. That gave I Sammy can't nightmares. Wait for this week. It gave what? Sammy nightmares. Really? Yeah, legit. I totally understand that. I it get was it. Pretty terrifying. Um, our next email: a lengthy quiver mailbag Ooh. in parentheses. I love it. Uh, from Ben C. Delacruz, who writes. Hello, book club crew. First off, I'd like to acknowledge Malcolm's worries about covering Superman Batman on the book club, as I suggested last week. I completely forgot about the controversy around the initial writer. We both have very strong opinions on that. And didn't yeah. know that two pretty scummy artists drew part of the two, admittedly yep. short arcs that come right after 26. There that was on me for too. having only read bits and pieces of the book before and not knowing who's on it. Hey, totally okay. We yeah, all listen. We all do stuff. We all consume stuff. It's yeah. no, no harm, no foul. Um, he's, he writes, but despite this, I've already read up to 76, the Clark and Dick Grayson one shot, which I, Hell yeah, is which a is very fucking good great. I think that's John um, Winnick. I believe so. Serves, and, that's and I'm absolutely loving the story. series. If you're still uncomfortable with talking about the series, I completely understand, but I've been having so much fun reading this as I enjoyed the first 26 issues, plan to watch the movies based on the first two arcs. And once I got to torment the art with uh, Scarecrow and Dasad, the book basically refused to slow down for me with stories like The Search for Kryptonite, Superbat, The Blackest Night Time with Bizarro and Man Bat, Mashup, the fourth annual featuring Batman Beyond, played his intro right before reading to get me into the mood, and more. Anyways, I'm really glad y'all are loving my obscure Elseworlds recommendations. Pretty happy that I get to be a reoccurring part of the series and that I've hopefully encouraged you guys and some of your listeners to go check out some comics they might not have heard about. While I might be running out of Elseworlds, although I've still got a decent bunch still left, I, I'll still make it my job to recommend something for you guys and hopefully help you find some awesome new book. For this week's obscure Elseworld recommendation, I'd recommend JLA Created Equal, which can be summed up as as why the last man, but in the DCU with Superman as the last male on Earth. After every male on Earth other than Kal-El dies from an unknown cosmic virus, Earth's remaining superheroes are left to pick up the pieces of society and hopefully find a way to repopulate the human race. It's a semi-post-apocalyptic tale of family, found or otherwise, and survival in a story that I personally think that anyone who's read some similarly dystopian tales like Deceased or Last Night on Earth will enjoy. Sorry if this ran long, but I hope y'all check this Elseworld out and have an awesome week. Best wishes, Ben. I can fuck with that. That sounds good. That's very interesting. It's a very interesting idea for a story. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, next up, Adam Stringfellow with Quiver the Fuck Up. Quiver the Fuck Up. Uh, good brother, Adam Stringfellow writes, What up, what up, Emerald Enforcers? Hope y'all are doing well and having a good week so far. Not much new on my end, though I was re-watching the animated series The Batman whilst I was putting up the Christmas tree this past weekend. Yeah, I gotta baby. say... I forgot how much I fucking love this series. While I won't yeah! forgive the series for not introducing us to their versions of Two-Face, Scarecrow, and of course, Rachel Ghoul, it just might be my favorite Batman animated series of all time. You're goddamn right, buddy. Though, he writes, uh, Kevin Conroy will always be the voice of Batman to me. Also, the season four episode, Artifacts, is not only my favorite of the series, but my favorite Hell episode yeah. of Batman ever. I was Hell absolutely yeah. obsessed with that episode as a kid. I felt the same way as a kid. Hell um, yeah. Great episode. Great fucking episode. It's a great uh, show. 
Great job, wing nut. It's Nightwing, and you know it's that. Nightwing. <laughs> Uh, for for my question this week, I want to ask the two of y'all this. In regards to the MCU, what do the two of y'all want to see going forward in the MCU's future? For me, I have two things I want to see. A focus on street-level stories and an actual end to the MCU as a whole. I personally prefer more street-level stories when it comes to superheroes and seeing the day-to-day -day lives of those that have to live with the action that these heroes make on a daily basis. And I feel like the MCU is in dire need of that human element to it, which is why I'm especially looking forward to Echo. That, and maybe it's just me, but after Endgame, I just really don't give a fuck about these world-ending events of the MCU anymore, because it feels like the heroes and people in this world don't give a fuck about them anymore either. Yes. Mm -hmm. To that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, and I know this will probably never happen anytime soon, but I would personally like to see a definitive ending to the MCU. One of the many factors that I find interesting about this universe is that these characters age in real time with us. By the end of Endgame, for example, Steve is a man well into his 40s, and Tony is at least in his early 50s. These versions of these characters are allowed to age, and more importantly, allowed to die. And for the most part, it seems like death is a permanent thing in the MCU for the most part. And hot take, I personally think that the MCU should have concluded right after Endgame. But that's just my opinion on the MCU, and I would love to know what y'all think. Take care, team. Love you both. Stay safe. Drink water, and I'll catch you in forces next week. All the best and much more, Adam. Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, I want more personal stories in the MCU as well. Uh, I'm doing my annual rewatch of Hawkeye, and it's just fucking nice to see people just being people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that's a perfect street level example. I I think the stuff that's been street level since Endgame has been really good. Yes. Um 100%. Or street level or at least smaller scale level, not street, street level adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, cuz yeah. I would say like Falcon Winter Soldier is street level adjacent. Um Yes, I would say that. It's not big end of world stuff. It's yeah. you know people I, I think it rides the line for people. sure. Yeah, it rides the line, but that's the biggest I would want shit to get. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I actually completely agree. More street level stuff, totally uh, agree. Yep. and an ending. I think it'd be really nice if they did an ending and then just reboot everything. I think relaunch reboot. Let's go for it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. I think that's kind of just the move now. Here's the real problem. Uh, when was the last time we saw Captain America? We have been shouting into the clouds about this for a while. <laughs> No one is talking about how there's a new Captain America. No one is talking about how there's a new fucking Captain America. Who's been Captain America since, uh, when did that show come out? Was that, uh, uh, April of 2021? E... So we're two and a half years into this Captain America being around and, uh, haven't seen him since. Haven't yes. seen him in anything. He hasn't popped up in anything. He hasn't been fucking anywhere. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane they'd never do that to the white fella i'll tell you that much <laughs> he was popping up fucking everywhere he oh he had a one minute cameo in thor to dark world and he we saw fucking, fucking spider-man homecoming. Spider homecoming we saw steve rogers literally every year yeah that's every true year. it's true it's that is crazy. an excellent crazy <laughs> so uh i don't know maybe fucking justice for sam wilson <laughs> <laughs> that's Maybe. what i'd like to fucking Maybe. see um because this is a stringfellow joint he does have a ps he writes been working on a few drawings lately for our boys clark bruce and peter i put these designs Ooh. here in the email so let me know what you think let's screen share it up one screen whoa hell yeah 
Clark looks great. I love I love the homage to the Fleischer symbol. Hell yeah, I love that. Bruce, I think Hell we've seen yeah. this one before, but this is an updated version, and it looks fucking great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And this one's for Peter. I mean, black and red. Black and red, baby. Black and red. The white logo has really grown on me. Same. And I've never really loved it, but it's no. so fucking good. It's really grown on me. The white on that costume has really grown on me. Yeah. Agreed. I think it breaks up the color really nicely. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see it on any other Spider-Man, but I think for this one, it specifically works really nice. I'd love to see that suit in live action, especially the black and red version. Same. I'd Just love put, to put see it. Put in it. Fuck. Oh, that'd be great. Um, Next email, the quiver-wrapped mailbag comes from Michael Cox. Haven't heard from Mike in a bit. That's nice. Nice what to see you, Mike. Mike. Uh, who writes, happy holidays, Eric and Malcolm. With 2023 behind us and Spotify wrapped being out, I wanted to share with you that Geeksplain was my most listened to podcast. Hey. Thanks, Mike. Hey. Hell yeah. I love hearing it. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. Love to hear that. Uh, speaking of great entertainment, what do y'all think about Gen V, which was a spinoff of The Boys? When it was coming out, I didn't pay much attention to it since I wasn't focused on Butcher and his team. But once I sat down to binge it, I found it really enjoyable. I'll be honest with you, Mike. Haven't watched it yet. I'll be honest with you, Mike. I kind of fucking loved it. Eric, yeah? it's my hero academia for the boys. Oh, fuck. All right. I'm probably going to do what she <laughs> did, Mike. I'm, I'm going to sit down and binge it. It is super um, fun. It was really fun. How many episodes is it? Like eight. Okay. Like seven or eight. It's nice. a pretty quick watch. It was It was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Uh, it's definitely... I, I say my hero academia because I think my hero academia does a really good job of being uh anime x-men yes and this is very much like x-men like it especially cool. towards the end you're like okay this was really just x-men right like it, okay, it was a lot of fun and it, i think it's going to be really important for the boys in general which is interesting. really interesting i didn't expect it to actually be as important as i think it's gonna be yeah I'm, i mean i'm gonna have to cool watch it before that next season of the boys comes out so. you definitely will yes so i'm i'm definitely gonna watch it before the year's over yeah, I, I thought it was really fun and gave me a lot of hope now that they're, like, announcing all these other spinoffs that they're going to do, like the Gael Garcia Banal and Diego Luna, like, The Boys Mexico or whatever. What I'm like, fuck? you know what? Sure. Like, fuck. I'll, I'm here for it. Like, let's do it. Because Gen V was way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh um mike writes also how hyped are you for fallout i'm currently playing through new vegas and aside from goggins being a hot ghoul being a hot ghoul <laughs> the show looks great i love that he looks uh, he's a hot ghoul he's i love that shit. <laughs> he's got hot i think fallout I, looks never, fantastic i've never played fallout but uh watching that trailer makes me want to play it it's fucking insane it's great yeah uh you should play four uh yeah i should right very specifically you should play four Right, I I should play four because because of reasons. Because of because of reasons, yeah. Is it, that's that's the one you're in, right? No, no, no I'm in I'm in seventy six. Oh, okay. I always mix those up. I, but but, but for, I don't know before before speaks specifically to something that you and I both very much love. So you should play four. Oh, interesting. Okay, what is um, it? This is interesting. Mike writes, for next year's book club, I have a short two to four week recommendation for you. Grant Morrison's Animal Man. That's interesting. That is interesting. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Mike writes, looking forward to whatever you guys do in 2024. 
Mike, thanks for writing in. Appreciate that. Give us yeah. something to think about for sure. Yeah. Um, next up, we have a quiver mailbag from Jacob Goodhart. Jacob. Uh, we are starting to run long here, so I am going to uh, get to the big stuff. Um, Mr. Big he, Stuff. Mr. Mr. Big Stuff. Uh, Sex and the City. Um, <laughs> uh, Jacob Goodhart, uh, he went to a con recently and met Yuri Lowenthal and Naji Jeter. Fucking Whoa, incredible. that's sick. Um, really fucking cool. Uh, Yuri also said at a Q&A that Peter take, his Peter at least, takes the great power mantra way too far because he has such great power he feels like he needs to save everyone. But mm -hmm. you can't, and when he doesn't, he feels like a failure. I love that. Yep, I love that. That makes sense. That adds up. Um, he talks about uh, reading X Lives and Deaths of Wolverine by Ben Percy, Hell as yeah. well as the first compendium of Why the Last Man. Uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. stuff. Um, he, he also got fucking Kyle Higgins to sign his copy of Radiant Black. Hell yeah. Really cool stuff. Awesome. Really good shit. Uh, he writes, for my question this week, with Ultimate Spider-Man's return on the horizon next month, this version of Peter Parker is noticeably different than our main Peter Parker. Wife and kids aside, this version of Peter got to grow up presumably with both his aunt and uncle and didn't get his spider powers until he was a full-on adult. So we don't know that for sure. I don't know if we know for sure that both Ben and May are around. So I'm curious to see what the news on, is on that. Yeah, yeah, we... um. But we. I don't but remember. I, th I, I, I but can't I think it has been that confirmed last... that he doesn't get his powers until he's well into his adulthood, which is cool. We know that May died in the Ultimatum. explosion. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> in the in the explosion. Right. I don't remember. I can't remember, but I feel like we did see Ben's name on that list too. Interesting. I, I mean, remember. we'll find out. We'll find, we'll out. find out. Yeah. But uh, Jacob Wright said that's a pretty big change considering Spidey was notably, and unfortunately, as it's basically the only thing Marvel seems to be able to take away from his origin, the very first teenage superhero. And unlike other heroes, we got to see Peter grow up into a young man and eventually a pretty functional adult with a loving wife. Of course, that's until one more day happened and he got the quest, the quest character regression ever seen in fiction, but I digress. Is it the worst character regression? Ever? Must be. I think so. Must be. Must be. Uh, do you guys like superheroes who started as teenagers and kids or as adults? Personally, I think there's a sat there's uh there's sad one thing to each one, but I honestly lean more toward the adult hero since we don't need to go through that bubbling phase as much. I like Ultimate Spider-Man by Bendis as much as the next guy, but there comes a point where I go, Jesus Peter, learn to suck your mask to your face. Uh, <laughs> see you next time, Jacob Goodhart. I get that. I think I think yeah. there's room for both. Yeah. Um, I think you need both. You need both for sure. Uh, if I had a preference between the two, and maybe it's just, and I'm sure I felt differently, you know, depending on my age. But I mean, now I like the adult superhero. I like mm -hmm. adults dealing with adult problems. Mm -hmm. um, there is a certain charm. I remember last year. Uh, us going through Ultimate Spider-Man, and I fucking loved watching him just be a fuck-up teenager. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, as as things stand currently, I like adult heroes. I love both. Um, I am very excited. I I, I mean, 
There's an argument to be made that Spider-Man on a whole has been a quote screw up hero because he was a teen when he started yeah. and kind of just never fully grew out of that. Um sure. so I'm excited to see an adult uh be Spider-Man for the first time uh and see what the difference is there. Yeah, same here. I'm excited. That'll be really cool. Um Jacob I cannot writes, wait for this book. It's going to be fucking incredible. Uh, Jacob writes a PS. A friend of mine finished a commission for a fanfic I'm writing about Spider-Man and My Hero Academia. I got a fun, I got a ton of fun ideas for it, and hopefully this Ooh. one won't end with my own dumb ideas making the story bad down the line. Um, he did attach an image, which we Ooh. will one screen again. Looks pretty good. Hey, he's, he's yo! Got that ultimate Spider-Man homage to it in the. Hey yo! I like it a lot. That's sick. Looks great. That's great. Uh, so thank you, Jacob, for that. And our last email comes from Mullet Overlord, who writes uh, "Quivering Mullet. in Confusion." That's Ooh. fun. Uh, Mullet Overlord writes, "Dear Emerald Enforcers, so we've already retconned that Count Vertigo from story from Volume Two, huh? Speaking of retcons, or in this case, mm. recons, I'm writing this week to do one thing and one thing only: ramble about Black Canary and her relationship with the JSA. Let's since the go. JSA are <laughs> since the JSA are back to having existed in Earth Prime's past again, does this mean that Black Canary is back to having a substantially better childhood? I find it difficult to believe that she could have had a hard life on the street if her mother was also taking her over to the Brownstone to have Sunday." dinner with her colorful uncles on a regular basis even if her mother still abandoned her i refuse to believe that neither everyone's grandpa jay garrick nor rocky balboa in a fursuit would have taken her in hell even father <laughs> of the year ted knight would have looked after her now the idea of her having a sibling dynamic with jack knight is hilarious i understand that she was locked away or locked away with ollie and grell's proto proto vertigo superless seattle for most of the relevant period but it has always struck me as kind of weird that she doesn't really have any relationship with the infinity inc gang like she should know those kids jade yeah. obsidian aside that jade jade and obsidian aside that lot all sat at the kids table together at thanksgiving for that matter was david knight always pissed he didn't get invited to infinity inc i mean clearly they were right not to give him a call but still would dinah know that one of her childhood friends gave birth to the new dream of the endless in short the jsa is pretty messy continuity wise how do you square it in your minds i personally moved the time in ragnarok to earlier in their careers to save as the cap in the iceberg for their timeline looking forward to in december thank you so much and recently Hell got a yeah. nice hardcover of the good asian that i'll be cracking into soon yes yeah. good Very asian nice. rules yeah. um sincerely mullet overlord um yeah i kind of do the same with that ragnarok thing i like to move it back because it just it works for them yeah yeah I I don't know how to square any of that away. It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. messy. It's messy. Um, that being said, I am loving the current JSA books. They are fantastic. Yeah. Jay Garrick rules. I'm Jay really Garrick curious rules. what Tim Sheridan's got stocked for Alan Scott. I'm mm -hmm. I'm really curious. And Sandman is Sandman. So what? what yeah. What else? Can, what is there? Yeah, that's. It does what it says on the tin. Um. Mullet Overlord writes, P.S. Are you going to cover annual number one by Percy? I just found out it's collected in one of the Rebirth holiday trades. Um, we don't need to. It's not very good. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. There we go. There's your answer. 
I didn't, I didn't really love it. Um, yeah, it's interesting that it's not collected in the actual run at all. Yeah, it is that, a Christmas is, that is strange. Um, but it's Christmas very stories. interesting that you, you should read it. Let, let us let us know what you think. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. I'll, I'll read it this week. And if, if yeah, so I you enjoy can read it, it we'll, we'll go from there. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, so thank you to everybody who wrote in to the uh, mailbag this week. Once again, if you would like your email read, uh, email us at geeksplainedpod. Nope, that's our social handle. Email uh-huh. us at geeksplained at gmail.com. Put something with quiver in the subject header, and we will read it here on the Friday show. And that does it for this week. Next week. Next week. We reach the end of the road. Green Arrow Volume 8, entitled The End of the Road. Whoa! Um, we are getting another creator shakeup with friends of the podcast, The Hive Mind, Jackson Here Lansing and Colin Kelly, wrapping things up alongside artist uh, Javier Fernandez, who stays on. This is it. This is it. I'm fucking excited. Uh, synopsis goes like this. There's no turning back as the Emerald Archer faces the end. A bowstring can only be pulled back so hard for so long before it snaps. And no one knows that better than Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow. All he knows what it's like to be just a normal guy with a bow and arrow who stands beside gods and heroes in the Justice League. He knows how it feels to make mistakes and then have to pick himself back up and try to do the right thing. And lately, there have been a lot of mistakes that need correcting. From trying to help a war-torn country that was caught in a conflict he could have stopped, to having to recapture Parasite when he escapes under Ollie's watch. Like a bowstring, Ollie always snaps back from failure, but this time, he might have gotten stretched too far. Following the death of his friend Roy Harper, Ollie is getting sloppy, unpredictable. Now, the government has decided it's time for Oliver Queen to stop being Green Arrow. Ollie isn't going to give in without a fight, which is why they chose the one person he can't fight back against to bring him in. Green Arrow's arc comes to an end in this collection. Uh, Fuck. Jesus. Yeah. This sounds fucking wild. It's a big one. Oh, buddy. So this is going to be issues 39 through 42, as well as 48 through 59. What? Is is it just 48 through 48 and 49? 48 through 50. 48 through, 48 50. through 50. It says yeah. 59 on the thing. That is incorrect. There is, okay. a, there is an M in the issues. I was like, wait a <laughs> second. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot of issues. No, so 39 through 42 big. and 48 through 50. Yeah. Next week, the Rebirth era ends, and I am fucking stoked to see yeah. what the hive mind has cooking for this. Yeah, get scare sighted. Oh, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, join us for that next week. Uh, be there or be square, not a circle. You can be a circle if you want to be. No, no circles. If you want to be a circle, don't do it. Circle, don't do it. Uh, but for now, we'll see you next week for the Geek Explained Book Club. I've been Eric Azana. I was Malcolm Russell Nelson. And for Jacob Brown, everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time. There goes my hero. Watch him as he goes. And you know what his name is? John Cena!
Sense. I'm gonna pause for two seconds because Babs is being a fucking psycho again. Hi Babs, bye Babs. <laughs> this cat, man. This fucking cat. This fucking, this cat, fucking cat. Fucking cat. I swear to God. That darn cat. That damn. That damn fat cat. <laughs> damn government fat cat. Damn government fat cat. She really is. She's just, That's why she wants to be here for this. You know? She, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Put the gate up and she's just like angrily oh. staring at me from around the corner. Oh. 